Yeah, that seems that'd be. I mean, that as. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Kevin. I'm Jim. And it's time for Video Games Hot Dog, episode number 166 of Video Games Hot Dog, to be specific. It's a podcast that we do, and this yeah. time we have a special guest, Jim Frog Fractions Crawford. That's yeah. your nickname, right? That's I, why you no, called I the game that? I legally changed my name to that. It's mm-hmm. Just for convenience, since they don't have the two beards anymore, I need people to recognize me somehow. <laughs> Did you ever go by Twin they recognize you by your or name? is that just your company name? No, um, it's it's my company name. They will know us by our trail of beards. Yes. But at the time I chose it, I actually did have the beard braids. So it there was a little bit of extra branding in there. You should take up drinking uh, alcohol and you could be twin beers. Twin twin beer, yeah. I've I've pissed. thought about an alternate uh, an, an alternate um, intro animation where, you know, someone's this reference is going to go all over everybody's head, isn't it? I could just describe this animation and no one will know what I'm talking about. Just imagine somebody like straining at nothing and then beer, a beer pops into his hand and then another beer pops into his hand and he fumbles to catch it. Anyway, this part's going to be deleted, right? Sure. <laughs> you were telling us, I was, I was, somebody expressing... out there is going to get that joke right in and explain how these guys are idiots. Okay, good. I mean, I, I'm always looking forward to finding out different and new ways in which I'm an idiot. So <laughs> yes. uh, this is this is going to be great for me. We were talking. Uh, I, I was expressing astonishment a moment ago that I had left some notes for myself about some some funny ways in which a video game failed me, uh, and they magically appeared on a magical pocket computer in my pocket, which is huge because it's actually an iPad. But Jim, Your you were saying that you don't like iPad. saving as a concept. Why do you yeah, like saving? I think as a saving should go away. Um, everything should just save itself as you work on it. Yes, exactly. Oh, so everything I, should be like Google Docs. I, I Google Docs has never once uh, behaved unintuitively for me. So yes, yeah. no, me neither. Yeah, what, what I the same lost, had one yeah, major Kevin lost a shitload of work when we were making a LARP once. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, one thing about LARPs, they require a lot of spreadsheets. I had made a bunch of Google Docs uh, under. I had like two different Google accounts, and I was like, oh, I'll just close this account because. I don't need it or whatever and closed it. And then was like, why did half of my Google docs just disappear? Because those are the ones that I had owned as that account. Uh, okay. And, maybe and maybe don't is, do exactly what Google docs does. Then <clears throat> there is no, there's no way to recover those. They are just like Google deletes them immediately and irre- irrevocably. Wow. You also just lost four or five hours worth of work once because a Google doc just didn't save. That's true. I think maybe there was an unreliable internet connection, yeah. which, you know, that's what happens if you're if you're relying on the cloud. Yeah, if the, it's, it's like I'm at the point where if, if it's super important, you can't see it anymore. I will just do it locally in Excel. Mm. Yeah, the other half of that is that the concept of undo needs to be extended like a lot to the point where you can. And I think actually Google Docs does this as well. If you load a file, there's undo information stored with it, so you can actually undo back to the beginning of the creation of the file. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, and the reason this is important is because a lot of people will make a change and then not save it because they don't like the change. And if it's saved automatically, that's not going to work anymore. So you it just it would just be a lot simpler to have well then infinite that, undo. But yeah. that so stops does, being but that stops being a linear thing, right? Like if you if if you type something and then back it up and then type something and then back it up and then you go up and edit 
you know what I mean? Like you, you, you start like to branching get, paths. Yeah, you yeah. end up with branching paths, which it's is not, not branching. It's just <clears throat> right because it's it, it is still a linear progression from point A to point B, unless multiple people are have. Okay, well, copies. I mean, I guess that's true, but that's never really what you want. Right, it when, would be when you're it would the, like. I, if you di- had a, if you had a full and complete history for Photoshop documents, every picture would be like two gigs. Mm-hmm. Well, but that's yeah. not a problem, right? Like that will eventually not be a problem anymore. Yeah, well, and and of course the concept of saving originated back when saving took fifteen seconds. Sure, sure. you know, so it had to be a manual thing. And now, for example, the idea of saving a text file is ludicrous. It should just okay, happen. Okay, but like, so like this file is going to be two two gigabytes, right? And like we're we're saying dumb stuff all the time, so we want or clearly we want to like be able to scrub that out. Uh, but if it had to save every version and every like cut and re redo uh, when you were actually editing it, it would get gigantic. Wouldn't God, it? I wish I had an undo for like conversations with. Yeah, <laughs> be pretty handy. I mean, if nothing else, so you could just try like a hundred things and see which one worked the best. Yeah, with, man, without really that is risking w- one of the reasons that Groundhog Day is so compelling. Yeah, right. Like the idea of getting to just try a hundred different tactics in a conversation. I mean, you can do that in real life. You just have to do it with a hundred different women. That's not which the has same. its own advantages. <laughs> um, it's, it's very scientific. I was trying to I was trying to construct a joke about Lou Gehrig's disease, except it's instead Lou Bega's disease, and the disease is something about a whole bunch of women. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I didn't get very far. Yeah. The, the connection being that they're both Lou. They're both named Lou. Yeah. yeah. No, it's... it's. You get Lou Reed's disease, which I think was some yeah. kind of cancer. Uh-huh. Um, that's, that's a Lou po- Ferrigno's disease, which is that he's deaf and always eats alone at the same table at that restaurant at Dragon Con. Uh, <laughs> also green. Sure. Uh, so, something that I have noticed that gets criticized about, say, Bioshock Infinite. Bioshock Infinite had no ability to save your game. And I felt like that was fine. There was never a point where it bothered me that I could not save or load, and I never felt like I lost any progress. I feel like a game has to be structured pretty particularly for that to work, because, like, Dishonored would not have been able to pull that off. Yeah, if if you're making... Uh, it's it's a wonderful thing if you can pull it off, mm-hmm. especially in, in the in the case of a game. It's it's especially complicated. Because um, theoretically, you're making choices which are going to have impacts on right your play. Um, right. I mean, so, so basically, so example, a, a, a quick load and quick save system is just a less granular version of Braid's Rewind, right? Sure, so yes. If you just had that in every game, you would not need the ability to save and load unless it was like, Oh man, I really want to relive this one part of it. But then, you know, theoretically you'd be able to scrub back through your playthrough. Right. Right. Uh, f- but for example, I think uh, costume quest had an autosave system with no explicit save. And it was very easy to lose progress in that game to, by not knowing when it saves. Mm. It just, it, it won't tell you when it's, sa- or maybe it tells you, but it's not, noticeable it's just some fucking candy flying around or something Probably, it's not like yeah. it yeah, never says like spinning, saving spinning logo that's and then they eventually did like in response to this they added phone booths where you could go and explicitly save hmm. um but i that was a patch right that was like uh because right. they didn't get it right i remember people being very upset about the 
save system in the Shadowrun game. And then the Shadowrun Kickstarter one, the Kickstarter one. Yeah. And I d- didn't understand what they were upset about. And I guess it is because whatever it is about the way that I approach games and saving stuff in situations like that just didn't run afoul of whatever it was that you couldn't do. Right. I mean, I, I think maybe it was that you couldn't save while you were in a mission, but the missions were like 10 minutes long. So I just want to say, I really, I just realized how elegantly you segued us into talking about games oh, sure. <laughs> from my save rant. So I appreciate that. That was, uh, thank you. Well, thanks for fucking it up. Yes. <laughs> suddenly back to talking about the structure of the podcast. Right? Oh, no, no. Wait, we just... normally fuck around for like a half an hour before we get into games. So this was this. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, this was. I don't know if it's a half an hour. Yeah. This is uncharacteristic. It is, it is as long as you can stand to talk about a, anything besides I spend games. a lot more time editing the parts of the podcast before we start talking about video games because it is they are not nearly as interesting, so they just have to be funny, it's so they require a lot more work. Only less interesting because all you care about is video games. That's true. That's true. So. Have you guys been playing any video games? I watched a couple fish playing Street Fighter. Yeah. How are they doing? It was well. It's at the moment. It's it's um, it's pretty late over on the East Coast where they are, so they're sleepy right now. So if you turned in right now, it wouldn't look like much. But during the day, they're pretty active fish, so it's pretty interesting. Can't you trick a fish into not being asleep by changing the temperature of the water or something? Uh, I don't know. I mean, fish I are basically just cheating. like shitty machines. Cheating, but if you did it to both <laughs> of them, they're both robots, cheating. Just little meat like robots. As long as it's fair. Yeah. 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 I was going to save this for the, the sort of newsy segment, but uh, I read this article with the headline that was like, like cyborg moths are like going to do all this crazy stuff in the future. And I was like, what? And then I read the article and basically they are thinking that maybe someday <laughs> some science out of this like North Carolina um university will like be able to figure out how to control moths so you can like fly them around and like do reconnaissance or whatever. Wasn't there an article about how a cyborg moth was driving a car? Y- no. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I seem to remember this. It was some insect was driving a car. I it was hooked up to a you know, a car controlling mechanism. Huh, huh. So that the brain was driving yeah. That's much like those, more terrifying. Like those weird yeah, no, it was kits where you put a probe in a roach's head and it like that. Yeah, yeah. It was. I would like to entreat all of our listeners. Just speaking of which, to uh, take a break, pause the podcast, go to YouTube and search for Norm Macdonald moth joke, and just watch <laughs> Norm Macdonald tell his moth joke. Okay, you won't be, you won't be, you won't be regretful. By which one might say you won't regret it to <laughs> communicate that articulately. You threw me off by telling me I did something good. (laughs) Anyway, uh, you watched the fish, like, I saw that fish playing Pokemon, and it was boring as shit, because the fish was barely moving. The the fish that plays Pokemon, uh, Grayson, is... I think that fish was dead. You know the fish's name, Riff? I think that fish was just floating on the top of the tank. On the page. It was, I mean, it sleeps a lot, and it's not, it's kind of a sluggish fish. And yeah, that wasn't very interesting. But the, the, um... The, the Street Fighter fish, it, there's this, uh, a black fish called Robert the Bruce and a goldfish named, uh, Aquarius, who, by the way, has been, uh, has gotten a contract now with a major, like, fighting game pro team. So 
his picture in the sidebar on the Twitch stream has the little logo on him like a race car. Um, just just one of the fish, though. Yeah, the other one. Yeah, Robert hasn't got a contract yet. <laughs> Nobody, no, none of the promoters have approached him yet. Wow. Um, but is, so, is there a really lopsided win loss ratio ratio here? Um, it's been pretty even. Uh, the guy running it is doing like every day is is like a season. So, and at the end of the day, when he says, "All right, from from this point on," oh, you mean because fish don't live boring. as long? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um. He he posts like the win loss record of of what it was for that day, and I think today's was like uh, something like fifty to forty or something. <clears throat> Does uh, correct fighting gameplay require you to have more than a ten second memory? <laughs> <laughs> like you're never going to learn anything about your opponent, right? Like if you don't have any ability to form long term memories. Well, I don't think the fish can actually see the screen. Yeah, yeah I don't so think the fish are aware that they're fighting. Output system. Yeah. yeah. It would oh, be pretty great, actually. Oh, you mean the fish aren't really playing the fighting game? <laughs> Thanks, guys. It would be it would be much funnier if the, if they were actually being see, shown the screen if and they, they were like yeah, reacting I, to their I, own I wonder how controls. they would react to that. That that might be. I, I think the trick would be getting them to care. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, do fish care well, about what's going on in the outside? The, like the movement might, I don't know, might disturb them. They would. They would see the movement. Probably they would. They might even like make a connection between what they're doing and the movement on the screen, but there's only probably to avoid it, right? Like maybe that, that seems I like mean, maybe if you made it make noise, like I feel like if you piped the sound into their tank, they would uh, learn to avoid whatever made the loudest noise. But I think it, <laughs> which is probably not good for making the fight exciting. Well, okay, would, so you hook it up to where whenever they punch, whenever they throw a punch, it also drops a pellet of food in. Yeah, so you would need to like hook it up to like a wit their side winning up to something that a fish likes. I mean, and, and canonically that's food, but I think if you overfeed fish, they die. So that would be bad. Okay. So what if you like, what if they get too many lady fishes? <laughs> yeah. There's, there's probably no such thing as too many lady fishes. Uh, I can imagine there being too many lady fishes. Be like, Hey baby, in, why don't you come over sea. here and lay a bunch of eggs on the floor of this tank? And then I'll go down there and have some fun with them. Probably not even fun, because that doesn't sound fun. Nope. That doesn't sound like a fun way to reproduce. Well, my understanding is that there's just, like, all these eggs and semen floating in the ocean, and they just, like, meet. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, (laughs) yeah, it's just sort of like a fog. Yeah. (laughs) Gross. Mm. Gross. Is that true? That can't be true. That's just what I heard. (laughs) I heard that, like, there's a a whole bunch of cum in the ocean. Is that where people come from? (laughs) If you go back far enough, yeah. Wow, okay. Oh man, you guys, uh, you guys, you guys got to read the Anubis Gates by Tim Powers because what's going on in this book that I'm reading now is that there's a conspiracy where a blood clone of Lord Byron is buying everybody drinks so that everybody sees him and then he's going to murder the king. Huh. So what's what makes a blood clone different from a regular clone? Uh, it just came from blood. Okay. Like like a clown. They teleported some of his blood from Greece to England, and then they dipped it in some bathtub full of liquid, and it made a new Lord Byron. Like fully aged. <laughs> yeah, so just a copy of him with his memories and everything. But then they brainwashed him. Uh, huh. It's pretty good. Mm. It's pretty good. I liked the one where there were just fifty ghosts in the first page. Is this a comedy? No, it's just a, it's just a fantasy novel from the eighties. <laughs> this guy, so this guy Tim Powers writes. Uh, it's it's sort of historical 
fantasy. Like he will find stories about weird, unexplainable shit and then stick to the facts of everything that is on record as having happened, but rewrite the stories with sort of conspiracy and wizards. That sounds like yeah. a fun okay. constraint to work Pulling with. Pulling all yeah. the strings. Yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. That's like sort of like the plot of uh, Foucault's Pendulum. Oh, is it? Kind yeah. of. Kind of. Cuz that cuz that's that's about some some characters who are doing that as a as a game and then the people that actually believe in the conspiracies they're writing about find their their notes and think it's a real thing and start hunting them. Mm. Yep. But yeah, it is. I mean, it's like it's basically the sort of historical fantasy that could be true, right? Like yeah. it's this this is this is one possible awesome wizard explanation for something that was happening. Hmm. Um, this one's more sort of Egyptian gods and time travel. That sounds pretty. But cool. from eighty three, like it's wow. it's called the Anubis Gates. The Anubis Gates. Huh. I will yeah. have to check that out. I've I've. Uh, earmarked that the next thing i'm going to read is going to i'm going to reread the stand because there was a metafilter yeah there was that metafilter thread about it that kind of made me want to reread the stand too but i've got so much other stuff to read have you read anything interesting lately jim oh my god i've got something like a dozen books next to my bed that i'm on (laughs) chapter one in like i've finished a chapter of each one but we established on the previous podcast these are all just books of erotic fanfic for properties you're unfamiliar (laughs) with only about half of them okay (laughs) Oh, um, nope. I don't have a good answer for you. I'm I've sorry. been reading. I've been reading books on my phone, and I'm sticking to. I'm only allowed to have one unread book on my phone. Yeah, you you recently encountered know, a dilemma, though. I know. I pre-ordered a book, yeah. so now <laughs> yeah. it's both there and not there. It's like it's. Oh, also, it was the book is Schrodinger's Cat by Robert Anton Wilson. So, so it is weird because, like, why would that? Why why did I have to pre-order a yeah. book that the guy who wrote it has been dead 60s. for ten years? Yeah. And it was written in the sixties. Yeah, it's just. Oh, oh also, uh, the previous book was the Benjamin Button, the book that Benjamin Button was based on. So then that fucked everything up. Uh, what I pre-ordered was uh, the book by by our friend uh, Darius Kazimi uh, that hmm. he wrote about Jagged Alliance Two, which is one of those games that I'm more interested in reading about that I am in playing. Is that one of the boss fight books? Yeah. That was actually the last thing I read was uh, Anna Anthropy's ZZT book. Oh, the ZZT book. one? Yeah. I also, was, I also read that. That was really good. I liked that ago. a lot. And then I started reading the Chrono Trigger one and not nearly as good. I didn't... Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's disappointing. Because I, I was pretty excited about the Chrono Trigger one, but I didn't buy it because I'm only allowed to have one unread book on my Kindle. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. anyway, it's now... part of the story bundle. Oh, if right. You go check that out. Right, right, right. That I just can't. I can never buy an ebook bundle because then I would have more oh, than yeah. one unread book well, could on you my Kindle. Just you don't not have download to have it on your. Oh, Kindle that's true. I could not yeah, yeah. own it. And also by my Kindle, I mean the Kindle app on my iPhone. Right. I'm not going to carry a Kindle around. I might drop it in the toilet. <laughs> Although I'd rather drop a Kindle in the toilet than my phone. And then you just use then the iPhone as a stand for like a regular book, not which to. is weird. I could read the stand <laughs> on the iPhone using the Kindle as a stand for the stand. <laughs> the Kindle kind of sucks. The original Kindle? That e-paper <laughs> okay. is sort of bullshit. I've heard they've made great strides. Oh, I'm sure they're better, but I... Yeah. Bullshit in what way? It's just gross. Turning pages is gross. Like, it makes you feel like you're in a gross underwater nightmare every time you turn from one page to another. <laughs> it, are you sure that's not I don't just remember life? that part. 
it requires like almost no power. You can have that thing. You can oh, have sure. Thing on uh, no, and that's that's weeks. my yeah. primary concern is how little power can I use making my experience <laughs> as good as possible? You can hey, also read it outside in direct you, sunlight, which is not something that ever happens to me. <laughs> did you try closing your eyes while turning a page? No, because you never know how long to close them for. Really? It would take a different amount of time? Well, I don't know. I feel like you'd probably get used to it, but I don't want to. It's kind of like how playing games on a 3DS with the 3D turned on sort of puts you in a gross ghost nightmare world where you're no longer sure that you're real. I don't remember that part either. (laughs) It's like that. It's like that, except you're in a weird, blurry, gross underwater world where you're afraid you're going to drown or get eaten by a shark. Also, I was mostly reading books about sharks. Is this how you felt when I was talking about fandom porn that I didn't understand? Maybe. Oh, so you're thinking that if you if you understood what I was talking what about, that you'd, it'd delusions. be easier for you to jerk off to it? Yes, exactly. Is that your assessment? <laughs> Probably not. You don't get a sense when you play a 3DS with the 3D turned on that everything is a ghost, including you? Mm. <laughs> um, no. no. No, I'm sorry. No. Well, I guess it's I think me. you might be deriving too much of your, like self-image from context did you guys see that weird tomodachi death game <laughs> no no huh. how am i the only one that heard what, about that what is it tell us more yeah give me give me some more it's like animal crossing but for ghosts uh-huh anyway. maybe sounds familiar it's tomodachi life it's a fucking joke about how my 3ds is a portal oh, to the ghost. is it a rom hack that's ghost why hell. it sounds familiar no it's that weird animal crossing except it's all your me friends and they won't let gays get married or no, something no i mean tomodachi death is that a rom no it's okay. it could it, that's too bad like that'd be a fun one uh, you guys really know? all you have to do is play tomodachi life with the 3d turned on and then it's tomodachi <laughs> sure, death because everything is a fucking spooky nightmare that sounds ghost. amazing do you guys remember the the Pokemon Black Creepy Pasta. Yes, I was just from, thinking about that. That from was great. Before there was actually a Pokemon Black. Yeah. No. It, the idea was that. Um, well, maybe you can describe it, Riff. Actually, because I don't remember the details. I just remember that, like, fuzzy on the details. Uh, I read it. I read it, but I don't remember it because I, I don't d- know I remember, anything about Pokemon, so it didn't resonate with me at all. I remember there being the main thing was that there was an ability that you had that would actually kill your opponent's Pokemon. Yeah. And then actually kill your opponent. Okay. And, and then, of the course, at the end NBCs of the game, this all turns on you and graves. it's horrible. Yeah. And the, yeah. the music um, got all disturbing and distorted as right. as the more people you killed. And somebody eventually did a, a ROM hack version of it. Oh, awesome. Or, or at least were attempting to. I don't know if it was finished. Did yeah, anybody yeah. ever uh, ROM hack that Bart versus Radioactive Mutants game into the Dead Bart episode? <laughs> Did you read the Dead Bart spooky pasta? No. Oh, Creepy pasta? I know good. of it, but I've never actually read it. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Makes the whole website worthwhile. TheSimpsons.com, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I just remember reading that the, the Pokemon Black Creepy Pasta and wanting Pokemon games to work like that desperately because. I had there just were people playing. you wanted to kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was all these people. I'm just trying to fucking. I'm like, I'm uh, my Pokemon are beat up. I'm just trying to get back to town. Some asshole comes up to me and says, "You know, well, when two strangers meet on the road, they must fight." <laughs> and I was like, "Dude, just fuck off." Right. I was told that if I see the Buddha on the road, that I should kill him. <laughs> yeah. And so, yes, given an option to kill that guy dead, absolutely. <laughs> I have never played a Pokemon game. It's pretty addictive. 
Is it? Yeah, it just it seems is. like it just seems like I don't. That's not a. That's not a compliment. Sure. By the way, that's just, it. Always it's it always addictive. felt to me like the most boring aspects of JRPGs just repeated and repeated. But and repeated. you don't yeah. collect them all in other JRPGs. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. The the big you, problem I mean, that how that, do you feel about collecting things? I don't. I mean, there are some things that I like to collect. What What do you collect? I like dice. I like okay. to collect things in the real world. I. I guess I can see the appeal of just checking off things on a list. Yeah. But that's the, a large part of it. The original but not Pokemon, for its own sake. The original Pokemon well, no, Red that I had, I had the strategy guide and it came with a sheet of s- stickers for each Pokemon so you could peel a sticker off the st- off the sheet and stick it in the book when oh, you captured cool. each one. That was pretty good. But yeah, the the problem I have with Pokemon as a game is that they like ever since that very first one back in '93 or whenever it came out, they really have not altered the mechanics of the game at all to take into account like uh, 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 ease of play and and just general funness advances that the JRPG genre has made in the intervening time. Well, so what's amazing it, to it me is that they're really still clunky. so. Yeah, it is. But what's amazing to me is that it's still so massively successful, mm. even yeah. among new players. Yeah, like it's among- weird that kids get, like... I mean, it kind of gives me hope, because we make games that are very stripped-down JRPG-style bullshit that don't look like much, and I'm happy that kids are still into that, as long <laughs> yep. as it has enough cute animals to kill. You know what I want is I want a Pokemon game that is garbage pail kids and you just roam around a disgusting nightmare junkyard wasteland just forcing babies to barf and shit yeah. on each other. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. So you're not you're a garbage pail kid trainer. You're not. Right. Yeah. Dog. No, you're like a garbage pail kid slave lord oh. and you're slash surgeon. Ew. Oh, oh my the god. The end game of that would have to be like you 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 ma- you start making films and selling these films of the garbage pail kids shooting on each other. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And turn that into a media empire. Okay. And then just anybody that finishes the game to 100% completion automatically gets arrested. That's in the game but then also in real life. Yeah, yeah. Garbage pail kids game, guys. Have you been playing any video games, Riff? I spent the entire weekend doing nothing but playing Divinity Original Sin. Uh, tell us about it. Once once you get past the the bit, the murder mystery bit in the first town, it actually gets really good. Um and and I I definitely agree with you that that opening extremely slow-paced murder mystery in the very large town is a real pain in the ass. But um the, the the two pieces of advice I have for anybody that wants to play this and get to the good bit is firstly, um, change the difficulty to easy because normal difficulty is skewed kind of hard. And the only two ways, there are only two ways to resurrect a dead party member. And that the one is a spell that you can't get until a minimum of level 16 and the other is the resurrection scroll, which is very rare and expensive. Um, so unless you want to like play the same combat over and over reloading a quick save because one of your guys died. Yeah. I, I just didn't find it worth it at all. Um, easy mode. The combats are 
Kinda. They're still really fucking hard. Well, I, that hasn't been my experience. There have been a few fights, like boss fights I've still had some trouble with in easy difficulty. But I feel like basic minion-ass fights, my party members are often dead before they have had a chance to even swing a sword at a single enemy. Huh, you might be adventuring in the wrong place. Uh, are you fight like are are the monsters you're fighting like a couple levels higher than your guys? They are almost always, yeah, because there okay. aren't any monsters anywhere that are the levels of my guys. That's okay. That is so that's, your problem with every video game. <clears throat> that's the next thing. That's my next piece of advice: is you need to know where to go when you leave the town, because it, this game is like Dark Souls in that aspect that you can either end up going to Undead Burg or you can go to the cemetery, and one of those choices is wrong. Um, there's not counting the gate in the harbor. There are four gates out of town and you want the westernmost one. And there's like one fight right outside the gate that if you've got all four of your guys, you can deal, handle that fight pretty easy. But there's not, there's nothing that tells you to go that way. And there is a thing that tells you to go to the other side. And also every time you try to leave by any gate, they tell you you're not a high enough level to leave town. That has not been my experience. That, that, is, that was true. That was true for me for the northern and eastern gates. But the western gate, they let me oh. straight out. And Maybe I was just overgeneralizing. When you... You like, also only tried the eastern gate four times. That's true. I that thought I had tried all four of the gates. Yeah. The, also, there's a well like right near the western gate that you can go down in that well. And the cavern down there has like level two monsters. The that, cavern? Yeah, there's like a cavern underneath this well. Okay. That's, un- I guess, a They have like well drinks. The yeah, they only, the they only have cheap, cheap uh, mixed um, drinks. So that's like the real newbie area. And then, well, after the post town newbie area is under that well. And then after that, you can head like to the western area and do the lighthouse quest and then find the northwestern beach, which is where the murder mystery finally resolves. And and spoilers, doing doing those first should prepare your guys to the point where you can handle the rest of that map without a problem. Um, but it's yeah, like it, it's kind of combat. It's, it, yeah, it's kind of rough that it's poorly signposted. It's not entirely not signposted because you kind of get some vague direction when you finish the murder mystery bits in in town that the next thing is to the Northwest. But if you didn't happen to pick up the particular book that says that in, in the suspect's house, uh, which you probably didn't Zach, because it would have been marked red. Well, right. But I don't think that you can complete. I do not think that you can complete the first main storyline quest without stealing stuff. I think that's that true. Game. Yeah. And, that I don't know why that bothers me so much. I, I think, but it's, it but it drives me fucking crazy. It yeah. dr- like I I see that decision having been made, and I don't trust anything else that these people have done in laying out this game for me. I I like, feel like it's it's you you kind of have to get I don't know you make it more like a, a developing your own story sort of thing where sometimes the red doesn't mean i'm stealing it just means that the person 
doesn't expect me to take this or something, you know? And as long as there's nobody in the room that's going to see you when you pick something up. It's not stealing. It's, it's, yeah. Well, no. It's So basically, no, stealing no is okay if you don't get caught. I need to rewrite my morality as I'm playing this game well, to make I mean, it so it's okay to steal stuff if nobody finds out. It's an adventure game, and that's always been true for adventure games since Link broke well, some pots and took some rupees right until games started differentiating between things that were okay to take and things that were not okay to take like by making the fucking cursor red when you mouse over something that's not okay to take yeah. like well does this game actually say stealing or does it make the cursor red if somebody it, it makes if the cursor red and if somebody you. sees you if somebody yeah. sees you even there is a guy that says oh it's weird. My assistant left and she left her bag with her. She left her bag in her room. She doesn't normally do that. Go go in there and investigate it if you want. And you go in there and it's fucking stealing. It's marked a thing that you're not supposed to take up. Yeah. Pick that up. sounds like a bug. But on the other hand, there's never <clears throat> anybody in that room. So nobody can possibly but see But if anything. there was, you would like aggro guards. That well, this is you would aggro her, right? Like... Well, you uh, would. Chances are that the data structure doesn't not, store who not, it aggroes. It's probably not anybody immediately. Who sees you. Yeah, it, it wouldn't immediately aggro her if she if but it I, was possible for her to be there. You would lose some reputation with her. It just it, it drives me nuts that th I think what this what this demonstrates to me is that this didn't bother them. They knew that. If you were the kind of person that saw that red cursor as an indication that as a non-thief character, this is a thing that I don't want to do playing this game, which to me is a very natural way to play an RPG where some things are available to you to take and some things are not, right? Like, I get that if I was playing a thiefy dude that I would want to steal all this stuff. Like, if I was playing Quest for Glory as a thief, I'm going to rob the rich people's houses because that's how I earn points as a thief and that's how I roleplay my character as a thief. Mm -hmm. But, like, if I would feel the same way about, like, Fallout 3 if there was no way to finish Fallout 3 without losing karma. No, I... I so, the karma system in Fallout 3 was a joke. And I'm pretty sure the system in what is this game, Divinity? Yeah, yeah, it's probably also a joke. It's you not, mean a joke? It's not a joke in terms really... of like it deliberately being a joke on the part of the no, developers? No, or just no, shitty? I mean it's just it's garbage. But you can avoid losing karma, right? I in recognize. 3, yes, I recognize that there are times when you have to, where you do something that is completely innocuous, and for whatever reason, the the the, in, the improperly thought out systems of the game cause you to lose karma. That doesn't ever happen in the fucking mainline quest and it sure as shit doesn't happen on the first step of the mainline quest yeah. right like if if the game is going to differentiate between things that are stealing and things that are just picking shit up like a video game protagonist it needs to take well, that differentiation seriously well again have you does the game ever use the word stealing no it doesn't I mean, so you're right, so you're right that really I'm bringing in a vocabulary like, from other games but it's it, like it, it really could just be like this red thing means people will get mad yeah, I mean, and it, that's not the. It's it's a little bit context sensitive in terms of how the NPCs react. Like if you're standing next to a merchant cart and pick up something from the merchant cart, and the merchant sees you, they'll say, "Oh, hey, you like that? You want to buy that?" And then you you get the dialogue choice of if you're going to buy it or if you're going to put it back. Huh. But I I agree that they should have been a little more thoughtful about. Like maybe there should have been like a a a yellow cursor for when you know for like things for stealing. This is going to yeah. make you a coward. Well, <laughs> or for things that are like 
because you're you're basically your character is a cop basically and a lot of the things that you're picking up in in quest related in this first game are like evidence that you're looking for so that's a perfect opportunity to to investigate like oh i need to get a warrant if i'm gonna just indiscriminately rifle through this person's cabinets and shit right where is this game set yeah, I don't know, fantasy bullshit. Before, like, they don't have yeah, words there. I don't think but they do. <laughs> now that I'm, I'm pretty sure wherever in every fantasy setting, cops act with complete impunity. So that's why they're always they're always corrupt, right? Yeah. Anyway, once you get out of town and and get your characters to a decent state. Then you can start stealing some real juicy shit. <laughs> well, you can start killing some skeletons and getting some cool swords. Okay. So it, it's uh, it gets pretty good. The And the plot is shaping up to be kind of interesting. I don't want to spoil anything, but... Turns out you, you're Adam and Eve. When you kill the skeletons... My characters are Fafford and the Grey Mauser, except <laughs> ladies, actually. <laughs> when you kill the skeletons and they drop swords, do, are the swords, when you tr- go to pick them up, does the ter- cursor turn red? <laughs> that, uh, no, but that would be, that would be funny. I, and then the skeleton gets pissed at you. Right. The skull yeah, shouts it was dead. I was dead to begin with. You, you can't take my shit just because I'm still dead. Right. This is... <laughs> my, I made a... My characters were both ladies and they were a wizard and a witch and I named them after my grandmothers. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um... They'd throw fireballs and stuff. And then there's that annoying woman who doesn't like magic. So oh, the, yeah, NP- her, the NPC yeah. character that won't shut up about her feelings. You need to pick up the, the demon hunter dude, too. I did. You need that fourth guy, yeah. Yeah. Are those the only NPCs, or are there uh, later opportunities to trade those out? There is an area that you find relatively early on where you can hire what I think are randomly generated NPCs. Ooh. And those I, seem like the kind of people that wouldn't have any dialogue written for them. Yeah. <laughs> right up <laughs> my alley. That's probably true. <laughs> and also, I, I I don't have proof of this. This is just my my estimation of how it looks like the game is is going to be shaped after after I leave the beginning area. Or, well, uh, the, the first map. But I suspect that it probably has like an act sort of structure the way Diablo does. And it probably gives you a couple more choices each act, but I don't mm. uh, That is a total guess on my part. Huh. I don't know if that's true, but uh, yeah, um, I think that's, let me look at my iPad and see if there's anything else here that I've been playing pretty much. No, I, I played, uh, I played some of that contract project we've been doing at, asymmetric and i played uh, a bunch of crypt of the necrodancer and that's about it have you been playing the daily challenge uh not every day uh, i kind of i've it's not become a thing fixed in my memory to play every day the way i play animal crossing every day uh but but every time i remember i go and play it usually because someone has mentioned it in chat jim have you played any crypt of the necrodancer i played it about six months ago in beta and it's I still like in beta. It. What's up? It's still basically in beta. Well, it's, it's early access. Early I don't, access. Yeah, no, I, I I played it before any sort of like this was back when the f- level one was the only level that really was done. Right. Mm. It. I wouldn't. I. 
it seems like there are people who are even the, like people on my friends list have been like, oh, I see you keep playing Crypt of the Necrodancer, but I'm scared off of it because of early access. And it's one of the good ones. Yeah, like it's, it's basically just it's good. done except for the fourth set of levels isn't yeah. done. But the earlier ones are I mean, not going to change, change significantly. I think you will. There might be some minor balance changes and stuff, but it's not it. This there are sort of two categories of early access games, and this is definitely in the way the fuck more done. Yeah, this category. one is definitely like a a not a proof of concept or something like that. This and is also a, there are certainly more than two categories. There's a <laughs> spectrum that runs all the way from like bullshitty tech demo to mostly finished game right. that they just needed a little bit more budget. Yeah, just judging from the the what I played six months ago, um, it seems like it would already have been it it. It would be a really, a, probably a pretty easy puzzle roguelike without the rhythm element. It's not, it's not too bad. There's, yeah. that's actually a, uh, an option. There's a character in the Yeah, I'd heard that. There's slam. bard yeah. mode or whatever it is where you can move at any pace you want. Yeah. Um, it's still not super easy for well, me, at least, because I'm stupid, but you just need to, you just need to play it more. Once you, once you learn all the enemy movement stuff, it becomes, when you can think about it, it becomes, yeah, straightforward. That, that was that was my impression was that it was the rhythm element that drove you to make a decision in the next third third of a second, right? Yeah, yeah. That would that was making it more difficult. And I thought that was a really interesting choice. I think I thought it worked really well. And it also, I remember, um, is it the blue gels that just go up and down? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember like the, my first play session was like two hours, and at the end of it, those things were. Still a hazard because I had no idea how they worked. Yeah, it's there. Like, and then like the next day, the immediately as I started playing, I was like, "Oh, okay, they go up and down." Right. It just took that. There's long a tutorial for- now that just like points that out to to people. But right, it's- and I bet that was in, in response to my playtester feedback. But it wasn't a criticism. Sure. It was more like this is. It's really interesting to me that this is where this is a large part of where the difficulty comes comes from is that you're operating you're operating under time pressure you know, all the time. Yeah, and but it's like having to recognize a a monster's movement patterns when it's moving on every other beat. Yeah, is just strangely so much harder. Or like the bats that move every third beat or uh, whatever. I still like, don't. I, I still don't have a good handle. The bats move every third beat. Is yeah. that? I thought it was every other beat, and that's why I always no. The got... red the red bats move every other beat. Mm. The the blue bats move every third beat, which means you can you can usually get in and hit them. But sometimes if you're if you if you're not paying attention to where whether they just moved or they moved two beats ago, you can. Right. I still don't understand how the armadillos work. Those just start moving if you're in there. Horizontal. Yeah, rower column. Yeah, they, they yeah. start rolling towards you and just and they they will regularly go in a straight line but they they don't they will hurt you like you can get hurt by them by moving adjacent to them when they are still and i don't understand how if like they you are they if they're pointed in a particular direction they they're stunned for a couple of beats and i think if you move next to them on the turn that they flip back over no they they start out still they start out on their backs. Yes. And if you well, they don't start out on their backs. Like they start out they start out normal. And then if they once they start rolling, they'll hit a wall, flip over. Maybe and then I upright. don't know the difference between normal and on their backs. Yeah. Then. Is the sprite exactly, exactly the same? Well, they're well, not. Upside down. They're, yeah, they're there's they're huh. subtly different. There's a lot of like there's a lot of like 
subtle visual cues like the the rock golems or whatever like they hunch down no those i understand the beat before they're gonna move but those are relatively minor change right those are those are clear the armadillo you know i never actually even noticed that i just got used to them moving every third turn yeah counting the beats or every fourth fourth turn yeah 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 um that like knowing whether or not the Minotaur is charging at you or not mm. is yeah. something yeah, I still haven't figured out. Yeah, that one that is the thing that kills me in daily challenges is not he not like, understanding what state the Minotaur is in. He raises his fist when he's charging. Oh. I didn't even know he had arms. Like I see him so infrequently that yeah. like I'm not paying attention to like the sprite details, you know. How how much of an amputee does a minotaur have to be before it's no longer identifiable as not just a cow? It's walking on its. <laughs> it's walking on two legs. It's got a human torso, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, we so amputate its torso. Um. So you're talking about like a cow's head in a jar on life support? Yeah. Above that's, some that's cow, or just on a shelf. It, but nice. what if it used to be a minotaur? What if it has the memories of a minotaur? <laughs> then it's not just a cow's head. I. Yeah, you're de- definitely talking about like self identity here. You you probably, I think the common consensus is that you want to call a thing what it wants to be called. If you if you so, replace a minotaur one plank at a time, sure. So <laughs> cut the ass off of a centaur. Is that just a horse ass, or what is it the, a centaur? What if ass? the ass has a memory of being a horse? Oh, ass? wait, no, a centaur. Like one ass. of those dinosaurs that has yeah, like a dinosaur uh, that has brain. an extra ass brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aspirin would be a good name for a video game studio. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah. not bad. Yeah. I started watching uh, the new Neil deGrasse Tyson Cosmos, and I don't know that I was ever really aware of the, the Permian like Holocaust die-off event or whatever, the great dying. Like, that was nuts. I we, still don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It's this, like, massive, massive extinction event that happened way, way back in the day. Um that is this not the one supposedly meteor related? No, this is a different one. That okay. was the Cretaceous or something. Um, um, this is Cretaceous always sounded like surfer slang. Sure, <laughs> algebraic. This one was some kind of crazy like volcanic activity thing, which mm. caused like hundreds of years of like of volcanic eruptions, which caused all kinds of atmospheric problems and just like massive massive like 90 or 95 percent of all terrestrial animals died or something so species or like individuals i think so well i mean so as long as noah was there to save two of each right we didn't really lose anything because they all would have been dead a couple hundred years later anyway that's true animals lived to be a couple hundred years old back in back in the Mm, biblical days sure like methuselah and all the all the, the people that were hundreds of years old as well yeah zeus Uh, I I played a, an iOS game called uh, Puzzle Raiders. Tell us about I, it. I don't know why I <laughs> I do these. I don't know why I play these games. They're all the same. It's they're all like sort of subtle variations on match three games in that the sort of like sprawling map structure like Candy Crush Saga, um, and they they all have like power ups that you can buy. And like randomly, gen- like the the level structure is the same, but the the actual match three contents are randomly generated each time. And then, like, 
And is this just a free to play trying to cash in on yep. that? That sweet, sweet. Candy this one crush is slightly train. different theming. You're it's ra- like Raiders, like Raiders of the Lost Ark. So you are like an, uh, an archaeologist an looking looking for treasures, and so you're sort of going down into these tombs and crypts and stuff. And sometimes there's mummies and things. There's like a path. There's usually a path through the um, match three area that you have to uncover. It's like covered in dirt, and then once it's uncovered, it no longer holds any of the gems they just sort of pass through but you can still match across it in certain ways this doesn't like, look very good what do you do to your why do you do this this you? was a recommendation this was this was a friend of mine saying oh this is what i've been playing these lately i'm really interested in the variants and stuff oh, okay. and i was like okay and so i tried it out and i was like uh no <laughs> yeah so i don't i don't know why i i i, I knew going into it that it was going to be something that i didn't like and then uh I proved myself right. How about you, Zach? Have you been playing any video games? Because I got so disgusted with uh, Divinity Original Sin, and it's constantly making me steal shit and murder innocent babies and commit racist genocides, I decided to play... (laughs) I must have missed that side quest. (laughs) Everything you click on that is red is, like, worse than the Holocaust. That's that's the way that I approach these games. Like, I, my characters are ethical. They're my grandmothers. My grandmothers wouldn't steal from anyone. They would just, like, set rats on fire and stuff, and it's fine. Like, it's the most effective way to protect their crops and their children and stuff. Is to have flaming rats running yeah. around? <laughs> so I, I wanted to play an RPG, and... I wasn't quite ready to learn how Dragon Age combat worked. Okay. Uh, so I I downloaded Two Worlds 2, which I had bought a long time ago, apparently. I must have gotten that in a bundle. And I remember Riff talking about it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I played it a long time ago. I, 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 I did. Uh, I noticed you booting it up on Steam. That was interesting. What do you, what do you think of it? I played four or five hours of it um, over the weekend just because I wanted a kind of a mindless just go kill stuff with swords that game it it seems like a whole bunch of expensive pieces put together into a not very good hole what was your what was your impression of it from Um, playing it it didn't really leave much of an impression on me it was the sort of game where I enjoyed playing it enough to finish it, and I, oh. I, I, I think I finished it. See, it didn't even leave that much an impression on me, but I played it a bunch, and I enjoyed the time I spent playing it, but I now remember nothing about it. It just kind of floated through, like, I don't know, like all those episodes of MASH and Golden Girls that I watched when I was a kid, you know? It was, it was a thing I did, and now it's gone. I remember huh. the, the lockpicking minigame was cool, I thought. Yeah, the lockpicking is pretty good. It's got, it's, it has an interesting magic system. Like it has the kind of magic system that I always wanted to make where you're sort of constructing spells out of parts of spells to just sort of have different, different element, different effects, different, you know, sort of post processing on it. Like (laughs) the the transistor model. Yeah. 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 Um, except everything I think only really has one purpose. So, like, a spell is just a collection of things. It's not a reconfiguration of things. It's, like, the element card can only be an element, and the shape card can only be a shape. And then there's, a like, a, a sort of a 
you know, ricochet is one of the things that you can add to it, which will make it bounce from enemy to enemy, but that only goes in the slot that that kind of thing goes in. So it's not, it is not nearly as tight as that system in Transistor, but that, you, it's hard to imagine the Transistor magic system, because I mean, that's what it is, right? Like, it's fucking spells that you're casting. It's hard to imagine going much further with that because they kind of already did everything that you can do with those elements in that space. Hmm. Like, even some of the, like, augment effects in Transistor were basically the same as others. Like, it seems like it would be a real stretch to add even one more and all of the things that... So I don't know why I believe that. I think if you sat down, you could probably come up with 10 more and like they get less and less original, but then one of those 10 would be something new that you, that you just hadn't thought of before and be cool. Maybe, but I feel like they probably already did that. And then they just collapsed it down to only the ones that actually had enough of an identity to merit using. Whereas this one is just like, well, we got to have ice because it's fucking wizards and we've got to have lightning because it's sorcery. Like, but I found that the magic was so ineffective in terms of actually killing monsters in the world because it's slow to cast and they just run up to you and start hitting you and then you stop being able to get Mm. spells off that like I just sort of retreated into sword and shield because it's the thing that made you the most survivable. I don't remember ever messing much with magic at all. Or even archery. Like, I just, I, I don't know. It's... There's a lot of just polish. There was a cutscene early on where your character says, I'm not leaving without Kyra. And this orc guy who's rescuing you replies, Kira is not a priority. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? This is like two minutes into the game and you. <laughs> no, that's. Well, that's, maybe, that's voice. That's video game voice acting in a nutshell. Right. Though. Maybe it's... the, maybe the orc just had an accent. I recently, I recently learned that the going SAG rate for voice acting is like $400 an hour. Man. Which explains why you don't ever bring anybody back in to fix the mistakes that they made Mm. in voice acting. Or if you get something, it's like, well, that didn't sound like a natural speech at all. What the fuck is the matter with you? (laughs) They're already gone because you can't afford for them to still be there. Can't afford for a second take. Yeah. Man. I I, I kind of wish a lot of these games would would just go back. You don't need all this voice. I mean, yeah, it, you, like oh man, in 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 Divinity, uh, all the shopkeepers and dudes standing around town that say one thing each and say it over and over again. Yeah, and this is one of those things where if we just dropped voice acting as a marker of high production values because yeah. that's really all it is yeah just go back uh, to like if text if you above let, people's like, heads pay a writer fun. for a year to write actual like reasonable reactions to a bunch of very common game situations he will produce way more than would fit on a dvd if you voice acted everything yeah. but it would make the game like despite the un- unintuitiveness of not hearing the person's voice it would actually make the game a lot richer yeah. And you just wouldn't care. You just yeah. wouldn't care if it wasn't there. And I, that's what, but there has to be someone who cares, right? Like, I don't, 
this has to have occurred to the bean counters at EA. What if we just did it with no voice? They are probably afraid that they would get pilloried by the press for just not having voice acting, but with what is effectively then double the fucking budget, it seems like you could make a game that the press would probably really enjoy. It's cool because AAA is going to burn to the ground very soon. And all that's left will be indie RPGs, and they'll be able to make their own decisions on their own terms. Sure. (laughs) I mean, the way that World of Warcraft handles it is fine. When you hear someone speak, it's either an annoying shopkeeper saying one thing, or like, oh, this guy, every, like, every goblin is, just cares about nothing but money, because no matter what role any goblin character is playing, when you click on them, they say, time is money, friend! (laughs) Or well, they have like a se- they have like a sequence of twelve, sure, or eight barks or whatever. But they go they're they're just the same for every NPC of a race, right? Which that I could do without. Like I could do without shopkeepers saying hello when you walk in, right? When a boss in a dungeon talks to you, you're like, oh, this guy must be important. He has lines, and that's it's fine. Like nobody. Nobody says World of Warcraft is a failure because of its low production value because the 10,000 lines of quest dialogue isn't voiced by somebody who doesn't give a shit what they're saying Mm -hmm. delivered to somebody who doesn't give a shit what they're hearing. Like, I mean, there's a part of me that thinks that I wouldn't have enjoyed Mass Effect as much if it hadn't been voiced, but I'm guessing that that part of me is just wrong (laughs) and that I would have been just as happy to... like. I always turn on subtitles and I click through dialogue as fast as I can read it, yeah. which is way faster than they can say it. So I kind of wish that I didn't feel so like really, I was... they just need to record like the first two words. of. Every... Oh, yeah. And I wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> Did you I mean, seek less to the voice yeah. acting in um, Walking Dead. Yeah, that and that was actually really important. And it was also it was well done. The Walking Dead also has the advantage of not having much systemically going on, and so there aren't... You aren't going to go back and talk to the same person 30 times, even though nothing has changed, the way that right. they, the way that you would if they were the place where you were going to sell all the shit in your inventory that you'd collected over your last dungeon run, sure. you know? So, like, you can probably ruin the immersion of the walking dead by just running around in circles. But because it is effectively just a movie that you're making some choices about the way that it plays out. And also the voice acting was good. Yeah. In the walking dead. Like there was never a point where the thing that drives me the craziest about video game voice acting is when the person reading the line and seemingly therefore also the, the voice director don't understand the sense in which something is written. Oh yeah. And so yeah. it's just being yeah. it's just being emphasized incorrectly and you're like that's not that is not that line. You're usually getting like, a line at a time, right? So it's hard to sometimes know the context. The best right. defense is a good defense, am I right? Yeah. yeah. I the, my favorite anecdote along these lines, I forget what game this was. It was for an Aliens game, I think. Someone was telling the story of an actor who didn't understand the line, stay frosty. And they were intoning it as if they were instructing a dog, Frosty, to stay. (laughs) 
Mm, and good. it talked about like the director saying, no, you say it like you're, you're t- telling people to, to stay cool, you know? And the actor was like, okay, I get it. Stay frosty. Stay fro- stay. And <laughs> just, they had to cut the line because it just wasn't working. So when I first loaded two worlds too, also this eventually fixed itself, but some of the, some of the font didn't load in correctly. So all of the lowercase K's and X's were missing. <laughs> so I went to quit. Are you sure you want to E it? Like, yep. <laughs> like there was a point where I met this prophet who is just like, a swimsuit model with this gross painted on dress with like most of the torso missing, like a, just a big hole in the front of it. Like just gross girl armor in a video game. Right. She, she was like delivering this potent vision to your character and there's all this build up, and she grabs you by the head and this light flares out of everything. And then it switches to just a black screen. I'm like, I wait and I wait and I wait a minute. I'm like, <laughs> Okay, well, it must have crashed trying to load this cutscene. So let me figure out how to, you know, how to quit out of this. And I tried just hitting escape, and it says, Are you sure you want to skip this cutscene? You might miss plot important information. <laughs> okay. And then it, and I just hit escape, skip the cutscene, it comes back like, Oh, sorry, showing you things like that really takes a lot out of me. <laughs> the, um, the 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 key to quick save is alt f1 and guess what the key to quick load is alt f2 trick question there is no key to quick load <laughs> you have to just fucking hit the regular load key which i think is alt f3 and then find in the list of save games where it has i swear to god just randomly placed your quick save is it not and, alphabetical or something? Well, it is, except that the font that they use is too large to fit onto the buttons, so you can't see the beginning of the names of the save games on the buttons. You see the middle? Yes. <laughs> you see the middle, because it is centered on the button. It names the quick saves. It names the saves for you, and they're too wide to fit on the UI element that... <laughs> This is a sequel. Like, <laughs> these guys made a game that sold well enough that they were able to make a sequel to it. And is this, this a PC native game? This can't I, be. There's no way this is a PC native game. I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, if it's a, a, a sequel to a game that did well on consoles and yeah, they just ported it. Sh- and just a bad port? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to search for it and see. Uh, oh, man. Two Worlds 2... No, okay. It was uh, released for Microsoft Windows, Mac OS, Xbox 360, and PlayStation 3. Okay, so that makes more sense with it being a with it being a console game, I guess. And just so then, that was probably primarily what they were doing with it, and the PC port was an afterthought. Although, you know, you develop those games on a PC. Like, I guess if you're the developer, it but doesn't drive you fucking of... crazy that the names of the saves don't fit on the button. Well, it's it's in some sort of weird emulating client right i don't know if it is or not i mean i'm sure it's just one of those things that was just it never got a high enough priority on the bug list to deal with yeah a lot of things like that 
I mean, it's still cool. There's still obviously a lot going on in there. And, it, you know, it's like it sort of scratched that itch for a while. I kind of want to go back and play it some more. Simultaneous release on the platform. So who who knows? Yeah. Jim, have you been playing any video games? Speaking of console games, um, I've been playing. So I, I say this, but I, I've been playing Deus Ex Invisible War, by which I mean... Um, I spent about an hour yesterday trying to get it to run on my machine. Mm. It ended up being a processor affinity thing where I needed to... Is that the to... second one? Is that Deus Ex 2? Yeah. Hmm. It ended up being a... a this was, I thought this was a nice puzzle where first you need to quit Chrome. Like, apparently, Chrome didn't exist in 2003, but somehow they made they made this game such that if you were running Chrome in the background, it just crashes Okay. Uh, when you try to load a game or start a new game. And also... Multi-threading existed in 2003, but not multi-core. So they wrote a multi-threaded game, but if you try to run it on a multi-core system, uh, it just hangs up because um, presumably the threads are trying to one one thread is trying to do a thing, and the other thread is not liking that thing. And normally they wouldn't <laughs> be running at the same time. So I needed to um, to reduce your cores. To you, just I needed to use a third-party utility to set it to uni uh, to uniprocessor. I think is the term. And then I played it for like 15 minutes, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll play more of this later. Um, it was a very 90s gaming experience. You spend more time trying to get the game running. It was like, yeah. That, and, and the funny thing is, like, that, that game is the, the avatar, like, the original avatar of... The bad PC port of a console game? Well, more like PC developers making a game primarily for consoles. Um, and... Unfortunately, it's. I'm sure it's great on the Xbox, on the original Xbox, because apparently it was very well well received there. But yeah, it, very a very PC PC gaming experience trying to just get this thing configured and running. Uh, I've been playing um, Shovel Knight, yeah, which is it's pretty good. I I was never a a Mega Man guy, and so. That that style of platforming is kind of frustrating for me. I keep getting... It, it's weird that there's a health system, but you almost always die because somebody knocked you into a pit. Right. Um, I mean, the health system is really there for boss fights, right? Like, the, yeah, yeah, the levels are not going to... Well, uh, there's a lot of boss fights where you get knocked into pits, too, though. Uh, okay. But yes, no, you're right, you're right. Yeah, and, and I've been I've been playing through it. I've mostly, at this point, like... And I... At this point, I'm mostly playing it for the music. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Vert. Um, but the, the platforming is pretty solid. The combat is pretty solid. I'm not really a boss fight person, so like the game is just an exercise in... I'm kind of enjoying this part. I'm not enjoying this part. Yeah. It's kind of a frustrating thing. But it's, it's well-constructed. I think the most interesting thing about Shovel Knight is, to me, is how... So they had to do away with the life system of the Mega Man games because they're not going to kick you back to the beginning of the game these days, but they still made death feel punitive. Um, by they have a, the checkpoints or whatever. Well, they have a, a corpse run thing where you actually uh, drop right. a percentage of your money. Yeah. It's like very, it's like exactly dark souls, right? Like, yes. And if you get killed again on the way out there, it's like, Oh, sorry, it's all gone. Well, except in, in dark souls, if you fall into a pit, uh, their money is at the top 
where you fell from. Right. And in trouble, mm. it's at the bottom floating. of the pit. Uh, well, it just sort of floats over the pit, right? It's, like, it's sort of, but but very often it's not reasonably collectible. Mm. Is you can also like destroy the checkpoint things for a bunch of currency. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I never did that because I needed the checkpoints, but I thought that was a cool thing too for replays. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of focus on like of they wanted to have a very high skill ceiling, I think. So there's a they have a system of feats, which is analogous to achievements in there. And one of the feats is you know beat the game without. I think there's take beat the game without taking damage, which is ludicrous. But at the very least, there's beat the game without dying. And I I bet there are people who who will like this game enough to do that. It strikes me as the kind of game that I want save states for. Sure. And it, yeah. it, it's not really... Ne- it, it. I think it would kind of ruin the game. You think? I. Yeah, I think part of the game is... is playing consistently enough to get to the next checkpoint. And the checkpoints aren't too far apart. Yeah. But I guess it's mostly for boss fights. Like, I don't enjoy losing a boss fight eight times. Yep. You know, no, I agree. And actually, that stuff got easier towards the end of the game as you power up. Like you get, you get more health. You get health recovery items, and I, I found myself dying less to bosses at the end than I did at the beginning. The power ups seem had, very Team Fortress Two E sort of right. Like they're trade-offs. they tend to be trade offs. Uh, well, there you gain health though. Yeah, you ma- increase your max health, and then there are the. Um, you get more mana, like the, the usable fish guy, the usable or the fish king that I forget the name of. Oh, He's this whale thing that gives you that yeah. fills your goblets with ichor. It's like the squiggy or something. It's like, it's, it's <laughs> right. Just, uh, one of those things just is just yeah, refill your health, yeah. and you can get two of them. And I don't think I died at all in the last three bosses of the game. One of which was actually a boss rush. Which like when when I when they gave me a boss rush, I was like, oh my god, are you really gonna make me do this? But it wasn't that bad. Um, the, the bosses get the the platforming gets harder as the game goes on, but the boss fights get easier. Hmm. Yeah, I just kind of wandered away from it and didn't come back to it, not for any particular reason, but just you know, it was weird. There was. And and I feel like this was pretty universal based on all of the other podcasts that I listened to. There was a real drought for a couple of months of any games that were of any interest to mm-hmm. anybody. And now there is suddenly a million things to play all of the time and not enough time to actually focus on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird how that happens. Well, I've been playing this game on... Um, I think we talked about this last podcast, too. Um, we, I was, I've, been pl- I've been playing this game on 3DS... And so it's very easy for me to find time to play it. Yeah. Okay. You know, on public transit, what have you. I can see that. I probably never would have finished SteamWorld Dig if I hadn't been playing it on the DS. I, I finished mm. SteamWorld Dig like three times because like, what else am I going to do with this time on the bus? Yeah. I guess I could read a book. Read a book. <laughs> yeah. I didn't bring it though. I brought my 3DS. SteamWorld book. Put yeah, the Kindle app idea. on your 3DS. And you can turn the 3D on and read two yeah, books at just... once. One with each eye. Can they have a Kindle app on the 3DS? Probably not. And I don't think you could really read a book with each other. They probably have one for Android, though. There's got to be somebody who is convinced that if you... He's built a machine that separates what he's seeing with each eye, and he just reads a book out of each eye and is convinced that he's now reading twice as fast. 
Melissa said that they have done more studies on that whole uh, speed reading. Just speed reading thing. The, do you see that where they like yeah. show the they show the words overlaid basically on top of each other, centered where yeah, your yeah. eyes look over, and that it does actually reduce comprehension. Mm-hmm. That so. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I thought you were going to talk about split brain stuff. No. That, that's that fucking horrifying. It's also interesting though. Yeah, yeah. At that point you you could be two you could be basically two people reading two books at once. That's true. Yeah, I guess you could be. Uh in fact, one would argue that once your brain is split like that, you are always two people seeing two different things at once. Well, yeah, I'm honestly my take on it is that we're already effectively an infinite number of people who just thinks we're one person. You know, we all have different, like, by we all, I mean all of me in this head. We all have different wants and desires and, and priorities and different degrees of influence at different times. And it's just that all squabbling over who gets to decide what the, what the body does. Most of mine drive. have, most yeah. of mine have begun to agree uh, that it is time for me to go to the bathroom. So yeah, that's good. Take a little break before the oh, man. <laughs> I still kind of Ooh. have trouble with that sometimes. That's a terrible decision to leave to committee. Oh, yeah. Oh, you guys can just keep doing a show while I pee. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll talk about we'll talk about match 3 games while you're gone. Oh god. I've been playing um <laughs> I've been playing Hungry Cat Picross. Hungry Cat and Picross. Huh. Do you, do you guys like, know the the Picross genre? I, I, I like I, Picross. Yeah, definitely a fan of Picross. Is this a good one? Is I it, like this one a lot. A um, match three Picross? No, no. I was I was just like getting. I was just vaguely gesturing at i iPhone games. I see. Okay. Um, or mobile phone games. It th- this one is uh, a color Picross. I haven't seen this variant before. Is it so? It's like actually color clues. Yeah. So oh, instead like of like instead of the number of dots in each group that it gives you, it gives you the number of pixels of each color per row and column. Right. And so you use that information to reconstruct the image. But like, it'll, it'll give you groups, right? Like it'll do five. No, no, it's, it, well, it'll, it will, um, signify whether or not all of those colors are in a row or are connected rather, or whether they are separate. And if they're separate, it could be any pattern. Okay. As long as it's not in a row. Yeah, I, I've been I've been really enjoying it. I think it's really well well constructed. Um, I haven't seen that variant before. I think it's uh, frankly it's a better fit for the touchscreen interface than any mm-hmm. traditional Picross that I've seen because you touch the color you want and then you touch the pixel. You Did know? you ever play um, Picross 3D on DS? No, I never did. There's, uh, let me see what the name of it is. There's somebody made a similar, uh, iPad app recently that, that I found, or I don't know when they made it, but I found it recently. It's called O Cube. O Cube? Yeah. It's like O H. Yeah. O H, uh, exclamation point cube. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty decent. The puzzles aren't as interesting as in the original Picross 3D, at least yet. And it, Unfortunately, it doesn't let you skip the early, very easy puzzles. You have to oh, do it's too bad. Yeah, you have to do every puzzle in strict sequence as as you go through the difficulties. But uh, yeah, uh, if if you're into Picross, I recommend checking it out. Uh, yeah, I'll take a look. Uh, how how big are those puzzles? Um, well, let me see. Let me let me uh, open it up here and see what the. Um, 
Let's see, normal puzzle number eight is a four by six by eight block. Okay. Yeah, that's that's so the the images depicted in these are, are they'd have to be much more abstract than in traditional Picross. Yeah, they're they're pretty uh Minecrafty, you know? Sure, yeah. But uh, the the touchscreen interface works pretty well, and you know, dragging to to rotate the object and so on. Yeah, I was really excited about that 3D Picross game for the 3DS, which is I'm assuming what you're talking about. And then I found that I just couldn't make head or tail of the interface, and was hmm. rapidly just like, eh. Hmm. We're talking about O cube for yeah. something. Was yeah. for? Uh, I think iPad. I'm I'm playing it on iPad. There might be a phone version as well. Yeah, well, gosh. Phone version might not have enough screen real estate. You might end up like fumble fingering the blocks when you tap to break them. Yeah. But Halloween's coming up. We should all purchase some scream real estate. Ooh. You guys, Halloween's fun. coming up. That's I don't get great. it. We get scream savers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I think okay. I'm just. Is that also a pun? Is that is that like just a <laughs> bottle this just, that you yell into? Be sure to close the scream door, see, or I the get, vampire see, mosquitoes will get in. I get that one, but now I'm wondering if you're just starting to make puns because I was <laughs> just to confuse me. <laughs> if your horror movies' visual effects are insufficient, try using a blue scream oh, or a boo scream. Ooh, a boo scream. This, this horror movie keeps getting better. <laughs> ah, guys, Halloween comes earlier and earlier every year. Eventually, when we're like 90, it's just going to be fucking nonstop Halloween 365 yeah. days a year. And well, it is going to nah, be it'll amazing. Be, it'll be half. It'll be half Halloween and half Christmas. <laughs> How is that going to be divided? Christmas lasts for no, yeah, months right afterwards? The, right at the midpoint. Yeah. So, like, November 34th-ish. <laughs> <laughs> October 41st. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Sweet segment, bros. Anything in the news happen that caught anybody's eye? Mm. I never pay attention to the fucking video games news anymore. I mean, the world news has been so distracting and obnoxious yeah, that Yeah, basically. It, this is probably not true, but it, it really does seem like just things are just awful right now in a lot of places. I all the news that I've been getting is bad, and that's both in the game space and in the real world space. Yeah, yeah. I don't. My personal if, life's doing okay. I really don't know if I believe that things are worse than they've ever been, or if we're just aware of it. And that's entirely possible, right? Like it's it's just more people have the luxury of being upset about it. You yeah. know. I mean, certainly things. There are things that are getting worse. What's going? What's What's the bad news in the game space? Oh, the whole uh, the whole Zoe Quinn thing. Mm. Um, I'd rather not give yeah. those people more attention. So let's not talk about that. I mean, it's just the kind of nightmare bullshit that happens when a bunch of when a bunch of mean people have an anonymous platform that is also meaningfully connected to the real world, in which to. Enact just bullshit witch hunts. I was yeah, I was listening to pretty apt. I was listening to a This American Life today from a couple months ago, and it was talking about I guess topics.com or something like that, which is like a 
effectively just a, a bulletin board for small communities to gossip about each other. And this one guy, his life kind of got derailed because there were all these people talking about how he was like a, I don't know, a pedophile and like drug addict and that kind of thing. And it turns out it was all just one sort of vindictive woman posting on multiple accounts, having conversations with each other. Hmm. And like, wow. she was just making the whole thing up and she actually like was taken to court and there was a several hundred thousand dollars settlement yeah. against her for slander. Well, that's good at least. Um, but I wonder how much, I wonder how much of the internet crap is a very small troll population that like, because they can have 10 accounts, they can like, go nuts and make it seem like there's a lot of stuff going on or whatever. I, it, I'm sure there's some of that happening, but this, it's just so widespread. Meaning, by which I mean, it would be a lot, it's a lot of work that I'm seeing done in this space for just one person sure. to be doing all of it. I think, though, that it doesn't take, because it is so gross, it doesn't take many people doing something that gross for it to kind of overwhelm the discourse right and become yeah like it, you don't have to have very many turds in the pool before everybody thinks of it as the pool with turds in it right <laughs> i guess like, just and two. it's a big pool yeah <laughs> but it's yeah it stuff like this like i simultaneously get paranoid that we are just a handful of like SWAT team's time being wasted sent to some guy's house because he pissed someone off in a video game from the internet just being destroyed by the government because we obviously can't be trusted with it. And then believing that just, like, anonymity is just bad. And I know that everybody listening is like, whatever, man, privacy is really important. But, like, I don't know, it's not important to me. <laughs> and well, the, the flip side of that is that I mean it's not important to you because well you because I'm I'm a white guy who's heterosexual and I don't know anything to hide right exactly well and also you do like keep you're your not, bedroom door closed you're not operating in a, a under a, like a and we talk about the the bullshit going on in Ferguson as like a police state but. We're, there are degrees of police state. And yeah, I was going to say that, that, that one, has changed a lot, like that notion in the past 20 or 30 years as the police have effectively militarized. Yeah. Is if you're actually living thing. in a police state, you need anonymity to operate if you're going to be doing anything important there. Um, it's it's important for a, for a lot of very specific cases. And it's I, and while I agree that it, there are like there are situations that I can imagine in which it is important, I don't I don't think that as a default state that it makes sense. Maybe not. Well, mm, but uh, you, there's there's this one thing. If if you look on, for example, um, Google platforms, if you search for Zoe Quinn's name, you're going to find posts from people under their real name because it's Google Plus. Um, and until very recently, they required you to use their real name. They're just writing the exact same shit that you see everywhere else, except it's got their name attached to it. I feel like at least in those cases, it gets back to them and ruins their lives eventually that I they settle so. these things. <laughs> right. Whereas the same stuff happening on 4chan, there is this plausible deniability that they don't deserve. Yeah. And... I don't know. 
that on, on I mean, the, yes, on the there is hate side, speech on Facebook, but I think there's less hate speech on Facebook than there is in YouTube comments. But although we maybe don't need like privacy and anonymity much now, if it were to get removed, it would be impossible to bring it back in the potential future when we did need it. I don't know that that's true. I mean, I think that services always, especially when it is basically possible for one guy in his garage to deploy something across the entire world. Only because the internet still exists, but like that could be dismantled, right? Well, it could be, but I I mean, that cat seems like it's pretty well out of the bag. I mean, big businesses depend too much on the internet now for it to ever go away. I mean, the thing is, there is always shit like Tor, which, I, while it is nominally and according to its champions, a platform for Chinese dissidents to be able to speak out without fear of being murdered by their own government, what it really is, is a fucking fire hose of child porn and credit card fraud. And so few people, the reason that so few people run Tor exit nodes, like the reason that so few people will act as the interface between Tor and the regular internet is because you are virtually guaranteed to get arrested because of what comes out of your computer if you hook it up to that fucking cesspool. And like, I guess it's an important tool. I guess, I guess this thing that is predominantly used for child porn is an important tool, but I don't really believe that, you know? That said, that is always going to be there. That thing is always going to be there because there's not really any way to shut it off. So in cases where anonymity is really needed for genuine purposes, as opposed to just as a thing to hide behind so that you can like when I was a kid, we used to just sit around making prank phone calls. And if I was still able to do that and hadn't grown up and never had to face any consequences for it, I would probably still think that that was fun And I'd be doing that kind of shit on the internet all the time. But, like... You just don't like phone calls anymore. Yeah, nobody likes phone calls anymore. Also, there's caller ID. And as soon as caller ID became a thing, you couldn't fucking do that anymore. You can just block it. Just turn off your car. But nobody answers their phone Yeah, have you ever answered the phone if it showed that the caller ID was blocked? I did it today. Yeah, I saw you do it today. Yeah, Yeah, that's weird. I was surprised. Boy, I because I know that Melissa regularly forgets to turn off because like when she makes all the calls to her patients and stuff like that, she blocks her caller ID and stuff. So like when I get a blocked call, it is almost always my girlfriend because like all the spammers actually have some like spoofed phone number of some poor family in like Wisconsin or something like that. Like all the spammers have figured out a way to to actually avoid you like having that negative reaction. So if you actually get a blocked call, it's probably somebody, you know, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I also don't answer the phone if it's a number that's not in my address book. So I also don't answer the phone if it's a number that is in my address book because you just don't fucking, phone. fucking text me. What is wrong with you? <laughs> it's 2000 fucking voice still operating. Like my understanding is that like one of them is just still carrying the torch still like, Making those calls, making CDs. I make CDs. I mean, I guess you could probably prank old people. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, people are assholes. (laughs) But I don't think as many people are assholes as you would think if you looked at the volume of comments by assholes versus comments by people who just don't care to engage. You know, and it muddies the waters. Yep. 
people should just be nice. Yep. Everyone should just be nice to everyone all the time, and then everything would be fine. Do you guys want to just agree to do that? We could just solve this problem right here. I feel like <laughs> I'm usually pretty nice to people. I guess I was making fun of the uh, people who made Two Worlds too. And you've been really mean to a bunch of internet trolls on this Sometimes podcast. I get angry at the people who make video games. Yeah. I get yeah. angry at the video games. I don't know that I ever really get angry at the people who make them. No, no, I get I, I'm. I definitely make de- dis- make decisions in my head about like, oh yeah, this designer's an asshole. Mm. That's a. I've never actually like even like, <laughs> and I and I've then gone on to meet some of them and right. I did not call them an <laughs> asshole to their face. So uh, that's being nice. I guess so. Yeah, thinking something and not saying it <laughs> to. To, to like so that they don't feel bad yeah see like if you had been wearing a guy fox mask when you met that <laughs> designer you definitely would have called them an asshole uh, i probably wouldn't have been wearing a guy fox mask but sure yeah, yeah if you had been you say whatever you How want about a red fox mask Just i think leave. um i think they'd still recognize the ponytail I think I think I'm still pretty. Cover like, it with a fedora the twin beard shirt would be a kind of a giveaway yeah that might work Tuck my ponytail up into my fedora. You can ask Riff for advice on how to wear a hat. Riff is a noted hat-wearing <laughs> yeah, guy. That's right. Oh, wow. Like a beanie? Uh, no, he's uh, just a guy that wears a hat. If you were, if you were it, to describe Riff, hat? like if you were to ask anyone who's met Riff in the last 10 years, like if you were to pick three adjectives to describe Riff, what would they be? One of them would definitely be behatted. Behatted? Behatted. <laughs> It, well, haberdash. Haberdash is better. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> is it the same hat every time? Uh, I have. I well, I have two hats, but I only wear one because the uh, other one is a fedora, which is nowadays. Yeah, that somehow wear. like just overnight that became a, yeah. a symbol of MRA activity. Yeah. I really like that hat too. Yeah, it you know, I've got really a fedora sad. at home. I just haven't worn. Like, what the hell happened to fedoras? I know. It's 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 hat racism. It's hatism. People yeah. are hattest. You should not be hattest. That's that, can we just agree? Hashtag like, no more hat. No more hat speech. Oh. <laughs> 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 What's the other hat? Uh, it's like a um, like a Tweety like newsboy flat cap. Oh yeah, okay. I wear it backwards, like a tw- Tweety. Okay, like you lost me. Bird? <laughs> That's, that, I was with you right up till backwards. Extra, extra, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, okay, I wear it backwards when I'm not outside and require the the eye shade. So when you're inside wearing a hat for no reason, no, you wear I, it like a dipshit. I, I, I fucking <laughs> take it off inside because a gentleman. You're does a not gentleman. Wear his hat okay, inside. that's no, that's that's true. You know, I think a gentleman just doesn't wear a hat at all. You're only a hat wearer when you're outside. So. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Doesn't that defeat the purpose of being a hat wearing dude? I early like, in I, early I, in our friendship with Riff, Riff described the outdoors as the space between buildings. <laughs> that's just, that's yeah. pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, accurate. That was back when Riff didn't wear a hat. <laughs> oh, so, I was between hats at the time. Oh. Right. That nine years. So the building is basically a prosthetic hat. <laughs> the the space. <laughs> The space it's between like a, hats. A, a, a building is just a large, full-body hat. <laughs> right. <laughs> With a toilet in it. <laughs> you don't have a toilet in your fedora? Mm. 
It's not super nominally. Cute. It's not like there's definitely parts of my fedora that I can use as a toilet, but yeah. it's not. There isn't a part yeah, with like really a sign just, on it that says toilet. With you, really don't need there to be like an explicit toilet to use your fedora as a toilet. Yeah, it's just it's right there. <laughs> there when you need it. It's like record AAA. too many podcasts because I can't. I don't remember if I can make a, a reference to the, the toilet, toilet bus. bus. I feel like that was on a different show. It was okay. No, you. It, it, it works though. It's like. It's like a callback to something that never happened. Like, okay. <laughs> it'll just make us seem mysterious. Yeah. yeah well, the, right. our, our true fans who listen to both shows will get that extra reward. That's true. Our four true fans. Hey, so this assignment, a collection of games about goats. Yeah. Goat Escape, Escape Goat. Escape Goat. And Goat Escape Simulator. Goat. Yeah. And Escape Goat 2. I didn't play Escape Goat 2, and I don't no, think Rift did either. Me neither. I got I got stuck in Escape Goat one. I learned something from Escape Goat. Um, I learned a thing that is important to me about puzzle games by virtue of Escape Goat not delivering it. Okay. You could never tell what anything was going to do in an Escape Goat level. Until it until, happened. Until yeah, you, you, you push it? a button and then I, things happen. I, I yeah, you would push a button and then that. things would kind of just move around at random. Well, at, at that point, it just becomes... I, I don't like that either. I mean, I, but I think a lot of games are structured that way where you have to learn and remember. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, it makes experimenting with what happens in this room part of part of the puzzle part of the except learning. that it also except means that, that you don't learn anything that lasts you past that room yeah. like i'm fine with those things being mysterious and seeming random like i feel like a lot of the stuff in braid didn't seem to make any sense until you learned how it worked but then you just knew how it worked from then on yeah. whereas in this like every switch was hooked up to something in some unpredictable novel sort of arbitrary like not in not in the sense of like uh, using arbitrary as like a judgmental word right. but just using arbitrary to literally mean what it means there was never there was never any indication of what was going to happen until you did it and the levels like weren't they were just the exact wrong length for that kind of really there was you almost always a kind of short. flow yeah they were too short they were too short for they were too short for the learning process to be satisfying uh, yeah when i when i played escape so i i played escape goat a long time ago i played escape goat 2 yesterday um and escape goat 2 i i can say that most of the levels that i finished i, I got i think halfway through the game um i finished most of the levels just on my first run through without ever really understanding the buttons because, I, so my argument would be that there is almost always like sort of a, not necessarily a singular linear path, but there is definitely like a correct way to flow through a level and you are almost always hitting the buttons in sequence when you're doing that. Yeah. And they well, only, they only vary from that a couple of times. I mean, I felt like the further I got into the game, the more oscillations between states were required to sure to solve. That, that definitely uh, happens, but oscillating between states when y you can start to see like it's it's a non-destructive like hitting a button there are levels where hitting a button causes an irreversible change to the to the level and those those are the ones where you're you're making a, like sort of a progression through the level usually the ones where it's just changing the state and it's not and it's just sort of a, a level state change 
mean like those are fine right like because that's yeah. like that's a thing where you press it and you experiment and you're like oh, okay so then i can press and almost always that would have another button that would turn on it still bothers me i think like because it's between. just a sensibility it's, thing rather than a rather than an actual specific in the moment execution thing right like you're right that it isn't always bad for there to not be a clear relationship between cause and effect in every case where it is exhibited but i think that in general not having a clear relationship between cause and effect is bad and is a bad thing about games and it's, a, it's at the very least a thing that i very much don't like about games later on there started to be visible channels in the background layer that blocks were going to travel along when you toggled mm. them between states which right. could have been there for all of them in the earlier levels and it would have seemed way less just like well when i hit this button whatever the guy decided was going to happen when i hit this button is going to happen but there is no way for me to understand what it is in like the third set of levels there was one that i just straight up could not figure out and i just gave up and went back and went into another which, set of levels which it was one was where oh uh, it was the one with the exploding barrels uh, in it okay. there's a level where your primary means of interaction was like a momentary switch and a permanent switch and there were some things on the right side of the screen shooting fireballs and you had to like get all these barrels to roll over onto a platform that would then hit a switch that would raise it up to the top and then they would roll off in the other direction and i just it took so long to get that state machine into the state where i my next decision needed to be made and there was no way to like checkpoint that that I just gave up after hmm. 12 tries of trying to figure out the exact right timing and the exact right sequence of stuff to get. Here's the other thing. I'm not even sure what I was trying to accomplish. I was probably trying to hit one of the buttons, but because I didn't know what any of the buttons were going to do, I didn't know which one I was trying to get the barrels to. And so it was just like, well, I don't know what to do here. And I don't, I don't trust the game to give me any indication of what I'm supposed to do. So I give up. And that sucks. I don't that's, wanna... Yeah, that's unfortunate because I, I felt like I, I trusted the game pretty pretty much throughout, and I felt like it was yeah, it was fair. I, I I never got to any levels where the execution took so long that I felt it was necessary to win it the first try. Like I I, 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 I these are the sort of puzzles that I just, I know I'm going to be running through it about 10 times before I've figured out what each button does and what order I need to push them in. And that's just but how I guess you do that kind of puzzle. What I, but what I don't like is when games like that, when a puzzle like that is also gated by like platformer execution, right? Yeah, like, which is why, pretty- which is why I just couldn't play a thousand one spikes i was gonna i was gonna ask how like you, how you felt like no i just i i'm just like eh, this yeah, is not another game that that is very much based around oh you just have to memorize that you this, do yeah that, that stuff is not very interesting to me but it's like a, it's like an obnoxious <sighs> it's super meat boy a thousand one spikes this... no no it is not at all like super meat boy that's the that is the weird thing like what to me a thousand and one spikes is not at all like Super Meat Boy. Wow. Okay. And I don't exactly know how to articulate. Well, in Super Meat Boy, you can look at you can look at the screen and see how objects are going to behave. Uh, yeah, that's true. Every level. I I don't remember any levels where they were just 
suddenly there is a spike shooting out of this floor as you walk over it. I don't remember anything like that. I mean, I feel like you could make a version of 1001 Spikes that I thought was fair, but they just elected not to. And that's fine, because a lot of people really like that game. It's just not... I'm not saying that 1001 Spikes is a bad game. And I'm not saying Escape Goat is a bad game. I'm just saying I don't... I don't like games that work according to this set of... Like, Escape Goat, everything works correctly. Everything is obviously authored, and everything mm-hmm. is... There is nothing janky about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there aren't... like spaces where there there's not like oh can i make this jump or can i not make this jump like there are none of the hallmarks of like a poorly put together game there are just a bunch of choices about it that i don't like okay and with a thousand and one spikes it's like every level is like playing it's like playing a game of simon but it just lies to you like (laughs) it's like i want to be the guy that's i think that's the uh the touchstone for that that sort of game which is just intentionally cruel. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think a scapegoat is really like that, but it just, no, it no, smacks no. of it. It smacks of it the same. It depends on how, how d- deep down the rabbit hole you go. Cause it like, I feel like the core of a scapegoat was fair and straightforward, but then like all the levels that you get after, like the second level pack that you get after you beat the game are like brutally hard. Oh, you got way further than I did then. Um, yeah, I yeah only that got, like, stuff is. I mean, I, I think that's where it's it's not too hard. I think to make a game that feels okay to run through if the levels are easy, um, and I think that those um, the super goals, I think, is the term the 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 uh, the levels that you get after you beat the game. I think that's what demonstrates that these these mechanics aren't actually that interesting and fun to play with because you you actually have to really engage with them deeply as as part of getting good enough to beat these particular levels and it, the interest it just didn't hold for me hmm. I more generally um, you mentioned braid um, and I, I think maybe I just have a really high standard when it comes to puzzle games because so one of the things about braid and and for example, Portal is that the um, the rules the, the rule set that you're exploring is inherently interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas most puzzle games, uh-huh. Escape Goat being one of them, is just here's just a bunch of rules. Here's a bunch of objects that have behaviors, and you have to figure them out and figure out how to use those behaviors to get to the end of the level. But the behaviors aren't interesting and they don't really interact in an interesting way. It's just an obstacle course. Hmm. Okay. Uh, the analogy that comes to mind immediately actually is chess. You guys know chess? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, it's one of those games where like, here's just a bunch of pieces that move arbitrarily. Like we, we picked, we this this piece moves just diagonally. This piece moves horizontally. This piece can only move forward one step. And those, they just kind of, th- like, as far as I can tell, the designers of chess just kind of threw all those rules into a, <laughs> into a bag and just picked one out for each piece. And, okay, that's the game. We'll just be playing nothing but this game for the next 3,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, uh, I remember Dragon Magazine issue number 100 
had a a chess variant called Dragon Chess, uh-huh. where, where the board was twelve squares wide, and it introduced like six new pieces that all had <laughs> <laughs> more ridiculous moves. I mean, arguably chess because because the level of sophistication in game design for that thousands of years was largely about figuring out how to improve the rules of chess. <laughs> like, as far as we know, right? I mean, there were, I'm actually, I, like, in addition to the, in addition to the, the, the book on my phone that I'm reading, I also have a toilet book, which is just a book of essays about dice. And so there's a lot of just stuff about the early, the earliest known board games, which were sort of like, the, the sort of, the spawn of like fortune telling and divination methods mm-hmm. associated with mm-hmm. dice, but were largely just race games. Like you roll and you move your pieces a number of spaces. Does it talk about like I Ching? A little bit, except that they, that was never really actually explicitly made into a game. Like it could be, but because of the specific like religious connotations of it, it wasn't like a thing that was culturally likely. It's, it's to kind be- of a game, like in the way that Gone Home is a game. <laughs> um, okay. When you say racing games, you're talking like shoots and ladders, but in real time? No, just like, but I mean, just track, just a game with a track, right? Where like Candyland. Okay. Right. Just a, just a roll dice, move on a track thing. Right. Which it's more about like the one of us that is going to win is the one that the gods favor with better luck in the dice. And so that proves that I am the chosen of Mars. And so (laughs) I win the game because I am better than you. I see. Right. As opposed to predestination, like elements of skill being introduced into it. And so I feel like. So you, before this game, you would like pray to Mars. And you'd have to agree to, like, which god you're praying towards beforehand. Otherwise, like, you could pray to, like, secretly pray to some other god. <laughs> well, each player really was each player was handed like Pokemon, a, a god really. that only they knew they were worshipping. But then there was a series of communal gods that you could worship. <laughs> okay. Right? Um, and then, like, one of the gods would kill another one of the gods. And that was what was known as the turn. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And then... <laughs> And then you'd cross the, you'd cross into the underworld via the river. Uh-huh. And then so you'd had to make the best possible pantheon out of your <laughs> private gods and the shared gods in the middle of the table. Right. Chess, chess seems like it's one of those things like the XKCD comic about wine tasting, right? Like if there's only like literally one game in town, there is going to be a community of people who believe that it is the best game and that that any possible variation in its outcome represents a significant amount of of nuance to the way that it's done right and a lot of high end chess as i understand it especially in the early parts of games before it just actually starts to collapse back down into the set of the into the set of possibilities that are available to you a lot of it is just sort of by rote. Yeah. And the way that you get, the way that somebody really shakes up the chess world is just by doing something weird that nobody else knows how to deal with because the, it's not in the book. Right. Which yeah. I'm, I am sure that I am oversimplifying that and that somebody who's serious about no, chess. No, they actually like, call it the book. No, I know. Okay. But I mean, but I'm sure that like, 
I'm sure that I am oversimplifying the meta of chess in a way that, in a way that it would upset people who actually understood chess. I don't believe that the people who dedicate their lives to studying chess are wasting their time, but I also don't feel like somebody who dedicated their life to studying Magic the Gathering is wasting their time. What about somebody who dedicates their life to studying a scapegoat? That's fine, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it, it's more—it's a lot less of a scapegoat. Is in, I think part of the like design of the scapegoat is that it's designed for speedrunning. Really, sure. I, I get that feeling. Mm. But I mean, there's yeah, it has yeah. a level editor. I mean, you could you yeah. could spend all of your time like trying sure. to come up with ever more devious and interesting, yeah, and tricky. But, and, but that's exactly what I'm getting puzzle. at: is that like a scapegoat seems like there was about as much. And this isn't, you know, a compliment or an insult. It seems like there was about as much care put into those rules as there were put into chess. And it didn't happen. Just, and it didn't happen to refine into as good. Well, I don't even think chess refines into that good a game. I just think it's it's a game that people have gotten very good at. I... And you can use any any game of any anything that's mentally taxing as. A did, competition. Did you play I don't It'll th- Do by any chance? I've got that on my phone. I have not started it yet. So it, I, I feel like it is a very tight mm-hmm. sort of action puzzle game. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious. I'm curious what to hear to hear what you think about, about it because it it is super cleverly designed. Okay. There are like three major tools that you acquire over the course of that game and the game can be beaten with any any two of them like the sort of the the sort of standard way to play through it is to get all three i'm pretty intrigued by this and yeah it is fascinating i feel like i am not smart enough to appreciate the ways in which it'll do is really clever and i just got bored with it huh because it'll do was constantly presenting me with puzzles where I didn't know if it was possible for me to solve them or not. And that is that is made worse by the fact that you can solve this puzzle. It's just that your particular loadout means you have to solve it in the like genius super heaven way, way. Yeah. as opposed to a way that a normal person would be able to figure out. And that somehow made it worse. Hmm. Like my least favorite thing is being presented with a puzzle which is why I just think adventure games are bad. My least favorite thing is being presented with a puzzle and not knowing whether it is possible for me to solve it or not, right? Not knowing whether I'm failing to solve this because I'm not being clever enough or not having the insight, but no, I literally just cannot solve this problem with the items that I have in my inventory right now. And it'll do muddied that in a way that from a certain point of view, I can see as being really interesting, but from from my perspective as a player, just made it feel sure even more uncertain. I mean, in that and case, you just get all three tools, and then you're then you know that you're able should be able to solve everything. Well, right, but it's also not like I don't know that I had access to all three of the tools. You I don't know that I knew order. where to go to get them. Like I don't have any. Like I can think back on the Legend of Zelda, and I can think, all right, the Legend of Zelda had an overworld, and then eight dungeons, and then Death Mountain, and that's where the boss was. I don't have any idea what the structure of it'll do was. I don't know if there were dungeons. You'd go into a cave, and I didn't know if it was like a tiny one-off cave, like a pay me for the door repair charge, or if it was another dungeon, because it just didn't, it didn't have that level of sort of formal structure that made it clear 
what your goals there were, were like as i recall there were like teleporters that took you to the to where you got the thing and then you had to like sort of break out of there which sort of taught you how to use the thing yeah it was like three it was a dungeon for each item that was like the tutorial dungeon for that item and yeah. then and then an overworld that connected those three dungeons to the big main dungeon that you kept going back to yeah huh. I don't. I just think I never got to the point where I understood that structure. At least with a scapegoat, it's just a linear. I mean, a scapegoat just feels like an authored experience yeah. rather than a systemic thing like chess, right? And like Spelunky, because I never want to stop talking about Spelunky. It Please has don't. a. It has a set of. It has a set of systems that are relatively simple, but considered pretty well yeah, and oh, yeah it went through enough iterations that like you know they got rid of the pistol because there was no reason to have the pistol probably someone understands why the web gun isn't just but, a waste of an item slot but <laughs> but like but like if chess if, if the, chess if, placed you into randomly generated yes. situations where you had to i think that would be i would enjoy that a lot i have a friend who's working on a game called chess invaders where you have you you have half a chessboard, you play the bottom pieces, and then pieces just spawn in from the top, <laughs> and then it's like a active time battle system, like in Final Fantasy VI, where every piece has um a a, uh, a cooldown to when uh, it can move next, and you can queue up moves. Hmm. That's neat. It it's a very neat. It's a prototype, but it's a really neat idea. I like the idea of randomly generated chess puzzles also just yeah we we talked about making something that would yeah. do those we did build a series of chess puzzles into kingdom of loathing and we just made <laughs> because there are like a hundred different games yeah, inside there's everything game. else I mean kingdom of loathing is a platform I mean like it's like you can't make a game for 11 years you have to make a you have to make a world a series <laughs> of games mm -hmm. um Goat Simulator, on yeah. the other hand. <laughs> I enjoyed the time that I spent messing with it, but I kind of felt like most of the actual game elements that were in it made it worse. Like the little goat trophies? The trophies were fine. Okay. The trophies were the trophies were a, like a sort of a comprehensible goal. Collectible. Something that I found extremely frustrating was you're given this series of objectives mm -hmm. and no instructions until you just yeah. happen to get to a loading screen that tells you like I could I, never figure out how to flip. Yeah, you yeah, hold no, down the, when you are in midair, you hold down the right mouse button and move the mouse and that oh. rotates you in midair. And if you never happen to get that loading screen, huh. you would never fucking figure that out. <laughs> I tried I tried like being in midair hitting the ragdoll yeah. and then unhit it and try to Yeah, land. no. I I did a bunch of shit that involved me flipping my goat around in a bunch of circles, but because I wasn't doing it according to the like uh, more or less rent not undocumented but randomly documented right. yeah <laughs> verb that it gave you yeah also I, it reset all of your fucking quests when you changed levels yeah, yeah. what is that all about yeah. there's more than one level i think it's are they i think it's just beta? two i think there are only two levels does but it there are multiple does it store them per level I don't know. I don't either. It and also there are multiple exits to every level. It seems like there are randomly generated signs because those certainly didn't seem like a thing that someone would choose. But 
the, I think every exit from level, tunnels. every exit from the starting level goes to the Bayside level, and then every exit from the Bayside level goes to the starting level. Unless it goes to a <laughs> sub level, in which case I think like, they must have fight the patched in a second level because I when I played it there was only the one. Uh. Um, yeah, I so I played this game um, during the. The, the the live stream weird game marathon that I did on Twitch in the final hours of the Frog Fractions 2 Kickstarter, which turned out to be a big mistake, by the way, because, like, I didn't do things like post on Reddit that the Kickstarter was ending or send out press mm. releases or, like, any of the things that actually would have gotten money. Um, you just did the things that were a lot of work. I did the thing. Well, th- th- I thought the live stream game marathon was a lot of fun, actually. I would do that again if I had another Kickstarter. Um, but you would do it someday other than the last day. <laughs> yeah, that's a better idea. Um, so, yeah, I played this game on a live stream, so I could just ask the chat, how do you do a flip? Oh, nice. Uh, okay. And that worked out pretty well. But, yeah, I, I I think this is, like, a pretty good example of a game that's enjoyable because it's so glitchy. Mm-hmm. Well, that was, like, like a, whole- a stated thing that... I believe the developers said was that any any bug or glitch, as long as it didn't crash the game uh, or like trap you in the geometry or do anything that yeah that yeah, wasn't as long as it, fun, they just as long left as it's it not in. it doesn't hurt the, like. And this is one of the reasons. Like I I for example, Fallout Three is a that game is glitchy as fuck, and I think it improves the game. Hmm. I think like um. The, the 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 ragdoll glitches where like the, those <laughs> got the the dude you kill goes crazy and just like stretches oh, yeah. out over the entire horizon oh, yeah. or, just, or just keeps like rubber banding from the ceiling to the floor yeah, or, yeah, yeah. And that stuff yeah. is like that, that that's across a, the landscape I think that that's an improvement on my play experience loading an area causing all of the skeletons that were just pre placed yes, there as environmental explode. storytelling to just sort of <laughs> or even just jitter a little bit like. <laughs> Like everything the game is haunted, like oh fuck guys. he's here stop hovering an inch off the ground everybody <laughs> so, yeah yeah that sort of thing I remember and, going and yes, into my like house a, in Skyrim and just all my carefully placed ornaments would just explode into the air and go all over the room it's like oh god damn it yeah <laughs> my yeah, box it, of it, dragon bones I very much feel like if a glitch is not like harming the player. It's not harming the play experience. Just fucking leave it in there. I think people will take that too far and just make games that are garbage and then claim that they're doing what you're talking about. Well, yeah, you have to yeah, you have to be smart about it. You can't just follow one person's dumb rule that they articulated in 10 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> one weird tip invented by a frog. Yeah, yeah. Um and also like if I took the Fallout 3 world seriously, it probably would have hurt the experience, but I didn't, because hmm. that was ridiculous. That's true. Well, I don't know. I think I take it a little seriously, mm. insofar as it enhances the enjoyment of it to, like, like read emails from characters and allow that to actually have some emotional impact. Like actually think about what they say and what that meant and what was going on in this skeleton's life that resulted in him being here. And sometimes it's like obviously a hilarious joke about a motorcycle accident or whatever, (laughs) but sometimes it's like, ah, man. Yeah, no, there, there were definitely poignant moments in there. Wrenching tableau. 
I mean, but obviously there are also a lot of jokes in yeah. it, you know? So it, I sort of wish, I sort of wish that Goat Simulator was a little less stupid. <laughs> like it seems like, I, I'm not sure if you understand the point of Goat Simulator. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It, like, so for instance, it's fine for, it would have been fine if you had found a, a school cafeteria and there was one poster out of nine posters that said no penis shaped foods. But the fact that there was a huge crowd of people marching around carrying signs that said no penis shaped foods mm. made it. They I was kind have of different su- things. Yeah, no, it made it they too all stupid. Had the same sign. Yeah, it was I all was just a sign that said no penis shaped food. And I'm like, okay, well, that you just you went too far. You yeah. went too far with that, and now it's stupid. So I don't, I don't think this is a cool thing anymore. I think this is, it, like, no, the you, protesters should have been each been purchasing a different thing. Did you guys I agree. unlock the uh, yeah the the demonic goat power? The one yeah. that turns anything into a bomb. No, this that was the Italian something goat corpses out of the go- sky. Well, so that no, that the, was when you become the queen of the goats. Yeah. Oh. So then, if you do that yeah, on the, the pentagram, cool if you do that on the pentagram, it like it like summons them down, and then they like turn into this like creepy goat ball that then grants you like the demon goat power, which I don't exactly know what it does. You light on fire. And you can wander around like setting things on fire, and uh, so you also, unlock like yeah, like uh, you have to start a new game, Riff. You have to start a custom game and turn on the powers that you've oh, unlocked. Okay. No. Um. Wait. What? You can just once you've unlocked a, a an alternate form, you can just start a oh. game where you're just that form. I did the thing where. And it took me a while to notice this. The thing where you win the combat in the ring and it just makes you into like a beefcake goat that's all thick and uh, the muscly. The goat kept Man, knocking me like across oh. the map. I also... <laughs> Obviously, this was I need to play great. this game a lot more. <laughs> I unlocked Tall Goat. Yeah, I did too. What was that from? I don't know, but when you start a game as Tall Goat, you're just a giraffe instead of a goat. <laughs> and it was like, all right. Good, that's, good job. That's that one, funny. that one surprised me in a really pleasant way. Like, <laughs> I unlocked it, but I didn't understand what it meant. That's hilarious. Okay, that was, that was. I mean, I because I saw that I had unlocked it. I'm like, I don't know what this is. And then when I discovered, oh, that's what custom game is. Is you can go. Oh, in. There is a power that lets you anything that you lick, you can then hit R to just that thing disappears. You shit out a watermelon, and then like ten seconds later, the watermelon explodes. Okay. Uh, there is one that just gives you Fusro Da as a goat, so you can just okay. run around just destroying all, like, just, From it, a it just imparts a ton of velocity to everything in a cone in front of you, <laughs> which is pretty good. There's the repulsion power that you get in the sewer. I never got to the sewer. Yeah, you, you, you literally fight the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles huh. as a group down there. See, again, that's... There were, they were modeled quite well. It was, I was like, what is up with these high poly turtle ninja like models so i think I all, like, the, all the assets were were purchased off of like I see. yeah i think that's a, also an interesting store interesting thing to mention is that this game was incredibly low budget you know? yeah like that this was all done in the unity engine with you with uh, with you mean unreal the, right i'm pretty sure it was unity uh, i think it's unreal engine i thought it was in source i'm You're pretty joking, sure right no i see really? I, like i thought it was made with <laughs> gary's mod I am almost certain it's a Unity game. 
I I am almost certain it's unreal. <laughs> Guys, okay, I am okay. We're gonna we're like, all gonna look. It I up will bet you a thousand dollars. It was made in Gary's mind. I think you to pick a god to pray to, and then get <laughs> yeah. get out your dice, and yeah. we'll see who's correct. All right, I, I don't trust you, so I'm looking it up too. <laughs> so, I mean, sure. So we have made a career over what a lot of people would describe as just putting every stupid thing that we thought of into a video game. Yeah, it was it's originally it was a game a way for them to play around in Unreal Engine 3. Okay. But there is some restraint that you have to apply to it because it's not actually a good idea to put every stupid thing you think of into a game because sometimes you will suggest something as a joke and it's only funny for a second and only to you. Mm. And, oh, wouldn't it be funny if you went into the sewers and fought the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Like, no, it wouldn't be. It's funny to say that, but I don't think it's funny to do it. Like, that's actually a really interesting point, because some things get funnier when you actually do them. Yeah, yeah I, I but... honestly enjoyed it. Like, because nowhere else in the game, except for the, the ring where you're fighting other goats, did I actually, like, have combat. And so it was like, okay, this is sort of interesting, and why not, why wouldn't it be the... Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? Because at that point, it becomes an illusion rather than just a random thing. Yeah, like it's. I mean, it 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 feels like it's trying to be like a nostalgic gimmick as the, opposed to a joke. There and is it's a thing, like I, I the, also don't want there to be like I don't want like George Bush to yeah. show up in it, and I you know there is a thing I read recently that that really struck me concerning. Uh, uh, pop culture references like that, which is something I'm concerned with because we do a lot of that. But it was, um, it was uh, an article talking about the movie Airplane and what it did right compared to the modern scary movie. Yeah, like scary movie. And the difference is that when Airplane did a referential joke like the, uh, like the, uh, the, the staying alive disco scene, it was the setup to a joke, which was then elaborated on at, hmm. at, to lead to a punchline. Whereas in Scary Movie, it is its it, the reference it, it, is the itself reference the joke. Is itself the joke, and 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 it doesn't lead to anything else. It, it has no punchline. I mean, I'm I'm a little less concerned with going too far in that direction. In ca- well, okay, I am concerned in the work that I in the work that I do with not not leaning on that if it's something important like if the if the thing that i'm delivering is a kind of funny sentence about an item mm-hmm. that's just an out of context joke about the item then i it's there's not there isn't any time for a journey right. there that, so yeah, sometimes it's like all right well this is just a, you know this is just going to be a sentence that would be confusing if you don't know the song lyric that talks about an object similar to this one or whatever, but with something like the, like, I feel like the white castle thing that we did went too far. Yeah. yeah. And reading, it's, reading that article put that particularly in, into perspective for me. And I'm glad that we, I'm glad that you had me remake it because of that. Cause I mean, we had done a thing that was basically just like you're playing through. I mean, a, a sort of an abstracted out version of the plot of Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. And oh. I was just going to like, because I just played that recently uh, in 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 Kingdom of Loathing, and I hadn't noticed it being particularly dumb 
or offensive. But apparently, I played the remade version. No, uh, the, the remade, remade version remade isn't version out yet. Isn't and it's not—it's not dumb or offensive. My my problem with it is that it is unoriginal. That would count as offensive to me. Oh, well, okay, <laughs> sure. Um, have you have you seen Harold and Kumar's? Yes, but I don't really remember it. Okay. Yeah, and it's not it's not that big of a deal. It's just the, the like it's the it it was done in a spirit that I wish it hadn't been done in, which is like having the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the sewer of this game. And I you know, I'm commenting and harping on a thing that I didn't even see, but <laughs> that there were just things about this that bothered me a little bit. Not because I think they're bad, but because they're not as good as they could have been. And so is the Skyrim shout is okay because it plays into the game's core mechanic of like blowing shit shit up. Yeah, and it's also down. It's also if the goat actually said Fusro Da, then I would have felt like that was a bad choice. Okay, right, but it. I don't know. It also just worked. You know, it like it didn't feel it felt like a nod rather than feeling like a thing that they put in just so that you would recognize it. Huh. You know, like it's a thing that worked in the context of. They were called Michael Bay's Ninja Turtles, I think. <laughs> For if that changes anything <laughs> that, that. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I forget there was something there was something else specific that I found that I was like eh and this is all just subjective. I kind of found just... myself getting nauseated by the game a little bit. Like like I don't know if my computer just isn't powerful enough to run it at enough frames or something like mm. that, but like because the camera is just kind of going everywhere a lot of the time, like yeah, the camera's kind of ter- like uh, clipping through walls and shit. I was underground a lot. The, like within the first 2 minutes I had fallen through the, the world geography oh. and got a bunch of achievements for being really high. <laughs> oh good. <laughs> I am I never did in order to start manualing uh I just had to just rock back and forth on those two keys over and over and over and over again yeah. until it finally worked. I like, never, yeah, I, I just couldn't wh- get, I could never works. get to the point where I could do it on purpose on the first try. And I don't think it's because I was bad at it. I think it's just because it's bad at recognizing that input. The times yeah. that I, that I managed to get it, I was hitting the keys in the opposite order that the loading screen hint told Suggested. me to. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. I mean, I just, I can reliably do it by just like hitting just going back and forth as fast as possible between W and S and maybe the eighth time I hit them, it'll trigger the move. Hmm. Do you do it from a standing, like from a stationary position? Didn't seem to matter, but yeah, you can do it from a stationary position. Okay. Yeah. I was never sure if you had to be like sprinting and then pop into it. And I think the, I think that I was just developing superstitions about how to do it because it really just only works like one out of every five times that you, that you put in the control. So sequence. is this the, the move from Tony Hawk? Yeah. yeah. Where you just so, get up on your front legs and then you get a weird balance meter that is extremely hard to, Oh, it's terrible. And it's made even worse by the fact that you, you good luck trying to steer while you're doing it. So you need a really long straight road to get any kind of distance. Well, you can also be, Oh, is it distance that you're trying to do? I just thought it was time. Oh, I don't know. Man, because no wonder I was having trouble getting that achievement. Because I was like, I've been fucking doing this for a really long time, and I don't know why it's not. I never managed to get the achievement like, either. 
Did you guys ride any bikes? It also just said I to tried. do a thousand. It said manual for a thousand. I'm like, I, a thousand what? <laughs> a, a thousand, thousand hours. seconds? Because I don't think I can do that. This is some this is some Stanley Parable level bullshit. <laughs> I, I never got a bike to to go anywhere. I, I'd get on the bike and then immediately fall over. Yeah, it was, it was can, hard you, to get. It's it. hard to balance, but it, it can be done. And then you can start getting around town that yeah way. no i mean if you can my problem was getting the bike disentangled from, from all of the crap that i knocked into the bike when <laughs> yeah. i was trying to get to the bike <laughs> yeah. you know which was funny but like i mean that's the thing like i feel like placing a structure of goals that you're trying to achieve onto a game like this is it's kind of only making it worse but then i think if that structure wasn't there, I probably wouldn't have messed with it as much. Yeah, because it, and it I gives you ideas there, yeah. of things and to I do. And I did enjoy yeah. messing with it more. I mean, that's the thing. I kind of wish they had been less challenging and more Suggesting. more like the achievements more like the achievements in, in jazz punk. Like, okay. there was some I feel like jazz that, like, punk I, is just the perfect achievement design. Yeah. There were a bunch of things that I saw that I was like, uh, okay, like, how do you get into that, like, box crate that's being dangled by that crane right like that seems like a crazy difficult task seems like there's probably one of those gold goats in there though probably mm-hmm. right and there was a there, i could see some stuff in there from from where i was climbing up the crane or whatever but maybe there's a portal gun later i have okay. to wonder if they put that crate there and figured uh oh, this game is so glitchy there's probably a way in here yeah. <laughs> or if they actually designed a way I um sort of never figured out how to get onto anything above the bottom floor of that cons- that building that was under construction, but I might have just wandered around it thinking that I had exhaustively explored it and just never found the stairs. Because <laughs> that sounds like me. You can just climb up walls too. So also, I kind of had the Katamari Damacy problem with this, where I have no idea how big the level is or how it's laid out because there's no mini map. Hmm. You see, you see the world from a great height so often that you kind of develop a, <laughs> a sense of where everything is. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I I've played Mario sixty four to death. Like I probably finished it twenty times. Um, but I didn't have a map of each level in my head until I played the DS port, which has a mini map, huh. <laughs> which actually just shows you a map of the level. And I what what I had in my head was. A uh, sequence of directions, like when you see this, for, you know, from like a a human level perspective, you go in this direction mm. to get to this part. So you were navigating like landmarks, a, like a girl yeah. does. Is is that how a, how do girls navigate? That's I mean that's what it's like, like a, a one dimensional map instead of studies have, uh, studies have tended to yield that men typically navigate via just cardinal directions and and knowing the directional relationships between things and women will tend to navigate and give directions via landmarks like interest turn left at this okay. thing turn right at this thing um if you get past where the church used to be you've gone too far sure right. go past where that gas station used to be yeah um but yeah Oh man, that's another reason that I had a lot of trouble with Two Worlds too, is because it has a fucking mini map where North isn't always up uh, and you can't make it that. Which is why, like, GTA games might as well not have a fucking map, as far as I'm concerned, because you can't just set it to North up. Yeah, it's, I think, really, it's more of a radar than a map, really. I think I played Goat Simulator for 30 minutes, and I think if you asked me to draw a map of the first level, 
I could give you a pretty reasonable sort of relationship between a bunch of the locations on that first level. Hmm. I definitely couldn't do that. <laughs> there was the low gravity testing lab. Yeah, that that's I sort found. of in one corner. And okay. then one of the other corners is like the goat fighting sphere. Then the other goat, or not sphere, but circle. Another corner is the like summoning circle. And then the other corner would be like that construction site, hmm. basically. I am terrible at exploring because I must have just spent all my time hanging out in the construction site where there's nothing interesting. <laughs> Did you not go to the low gravity testing facility? <laughs> I, I saw the sign for it and then I got distracted by a water slide, okay. which I, I slid down and the, the, uh, the bag of Doritos attached to my tongue somehow got wedged in the slide, which <laughs> resulted in me hanging by my neck because my uh, head was right. all the way in the wall and my body was just dangling there. <laughs> I did not like how the head would just like sort of flip around just without. Well, that was my favorite part of the game. Uh, it was just. Oh, it's I, like cracking your neck, but the taking it to the worst of, extreme. Of just, let's just make this game. I don't. I don't think there was even a reason to do that. I think it was just like, yeah, let's put the head on a rag doll. <laughs> it's. I found some mushrooms somewhere that made my head extremely large and bloated with one very long ear. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, I got some sort of weird mask or something on top of that skyscraper on the second level. It's like a giant blue head, like huge, like <laughs> the size of your body. Huh? Kind of like Mickey Mouse, but very different like proportions. I feel like they've definitely succeeded in making a game that sounds fun. Yeah. I uh, you know, I if I was not if I was not sort of feeling sick after 20 30 minutes of it, mm. I probably would have explored more yeah I, th I think it it you can tell great stories from that game and i think it it plays really well in a group context yeah i would i would agree yeah. with that probably. i had a lot more fun in the like five minutes i played it with emily watching yeah than i did in the 30 minutes before that i, I think yeah. just goofy video game shit is just thing. goofy video game shit that would just be dumb if you were by yourself suddenly becomes hilarious with someone else in the room right well, what's our next assignment? All oh, right, we didn't tell you, Riff. Uh, we're going to play an old PC game called The Horde. Oh, yeah. Uh, with full motion video starring Kirk Kevin, Cameron. Kevin texted me about that. Oh, well. Gosh, I guess everyone knew except me then. But you just Jim, told us, so you totally Jim didn't knew. know. I know what? You, you, uh, hey, guys, what's our next assignment? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a 3DO game, full motion video called The Horde. Oh. Starring Kirk Cameron. God, why did everybody know this except me? Hey, do you guys want to do some listeners' mails? Sure. It's getting kind of late, but I bet we've I bet we've got some frog fractioneer specific listeners' yeah, mail yeah. that's terrible. I know that somebody was curious uh, what your most awkward or strangest uh, interaction with a fan has been. There was the guy at GDC who was wearing a uh, "Hop for President" shirt. Um. And I walked up to him and asked him if he was the guy who made Frog Fractions. <laughs> you asked him? Yes. <laughs> uh, he recognized me, so it oh. stopped. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. That yeah. would have been beautiful. I can't think of a really, like, really awkward interaction. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't have a good answer for you. Certainly nobody's recognized me, like, on the street. 
Okay. That'd be kind of weird. Really? Nobody's ever recognized you on the street? I wouldn't have known what you looked like. I had no idea what to expect. Well, especially now that the Kickstarter video is out there where everybody thinks I look like my roommate, John. Mm. (laughs) Oh, hey, uh, speaking of which, uh, speaking of which, speaking of when I met you, I met you because uh, you were hanging out with Jenny at California Extreme. And happy birthday, Jenny. Yeah. Happy birthday. And it was was Corey Birdsong who asked that question. Uh, Let's see. Mibs from Sweden says, have you guys seen Loaded Weapon 1? It's one of the dumbest action film parodies slash comedies of all time. Also, it's got Emilio Estevez, so Jit can masturbate to it, and Samuel L. Jackson. I think it would fit you guys' humor. It's from 1993. Am I on record as saying that I can't masturbate to anything that doesn't have Emilio Estevez in it? Because that was probably a joke. It's entirely possible that you're on record as saying a lot of things. That's true. Um, I don't remember whether I liked that movie or not. Same. I don't think I, I saw, saw it. it. I don't remember it. I think I also kind of get it mixed up with Hot Shots, mm. because I feel like that's maybe the same dudes. That wouldn't surprise me. I also don't know, this has come up before, but I don't know if I actually believe that Airplane is inherently better than Scary Movie. <laughs> I mean, I think it's better, but I don't know that it is because well, I of- think it's better because I saw it when I was eight. Well, I don't know if it's better for any important reasons, I guess, is the scary movie is a pretty high stand, like is a pretty good example of the sort of modern parody movie where there are, there are a lot of really bad examples, I think. Like scary movie was still a pretty good movie. Not another teen movie is pretty good. Is it? I I thought so. Although I had not, so here's part of it. I have not seen any of the movies that Airplane parodies, and I've also not seen any of the movies that Not Another Teen Movie parodies, except for the John Hughes ones, which were fairly, like, it was more 90s movies than 80s movies. But, yeah. Sinaj says, what do you guys think about PC Gamer's infamous top 100 PC games list, which, for example, declared Mass Effect 2 as the best PC game of all time and is probably printed clickbait? You know, I believe everything that PC Gamer says, and I believe that they are not actually uh, corrupt in any way, because Kingdom of Loathing pretty regularly shows up on their lists of uh, the best free web games, and we have sure as shit not given them any graft. <laughs> um, when was this? Does this, does this? Does he specify a year for the list? No, the the list on which it said Mass Effect 2 was the best PC game. I, I'm, I'm assuming sure this they... was recent. That, I don't. I don't know if I want to belong to any club that has Mass Effect 2 as its president. <laughs> I mean, a good video games club. I liked Mass Effect 2, but it is by no means... Like, I feel like Mass Effect 2 wasn't even the best PC game that I played the week that I played Mass Effect 2. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet that list was printed the year Mass Effect 2 came out. And they've just reprinted it now. Is that what happened? I have no idea. Yeah. I, everybody, you know, everybody that I've met who worked for PC Gamer, all two of them, are both, like, among the greatest people I've ever met. I'm just going to go on record as saying that. Well, you got to be careful because there's a PC Gamer in the United States and there's a PC Gamer in the UK. The PC Gamer UK one is the one that I'm talking about. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know why I assume yeah. that there was... Are they are they just completely different publications? I That's the sense that I get. Hmm. 
No, the American one's probably total bullshit then. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally corrupt. I'm, I'm sure they're terrible. Well, it's just like the I don't version think of the country anymore, here. So. I heard that some of the guys from that magazine once went to a party with some of the people who made a game and then they wrote favorably about their game because they were fucking like in a conspiracy. That's what I heard. Huh. I heard that all journalism is corrupt. Also, <laughs> fuck the police. <laughs> um, you know... I think all journalists should be required to have cameras. <laughs> <laughs> Even print journalists. <laughs> F says, there's a new special place in hell for Riff. Thanks for somehow making me think Tank Girl was watchable. <laughs> Good job, uh, Riff. Yeah, I'll, I'll take credit for that. <laughs> I like Tank Girl. I'll admit that I, I probably mainly like it because of Jet Girl, but... Uh, let's see. Troy says, I just started playing Oblivion last weekend, and I decided the first conversation to never try that minigame. I like the system for Morrowind way better. You just admire or bribe people to make them like you. That's, that's about right. I feel like everyone that I've ever met, I either need to admire them or bribe them in order to make them like me. I never got very far in Oblivion, but the way I heard it described to me was, the conversation system described to me was that some people, like, there are some people who really like being threatened, so you just threaten them over and over again, and they just go like, oh, thank you, sir. You have to threaten <laughs> them at the right time, though. They like they only like being threatened on one phase of a sort of weird four-phase clock that everyone shares. Uh, is it advances per conversation element. It's so weird. Okay. It's fucking crazy. Okay. That... Like each round, you so have is to that respond like supposed to, their... to map onto like some physical element of the human brain that operates on a on a timer on a per sentence yeah, clock. A per yeah, sentence time. yeah. I mean, I know that for me, uh, I I really like somebody if every fourth thing they say is an insult <laughs> uh, directed at me. But if they ever insult me outside of that phase, I get very very upset. <laughs> Or if they offer you cake during the insult phase. Yeah. Oh, right. That's another thing that I just can't abide. Uh, Vernatio says, hey, guys, do you see any inherent value in games like Harvest Moon and Farming Simulator? I really enjoy them, but have trouble justifying that it's not like Cookie Clicker in that it is a glorified Skinner box. Thoughts? A, I don't think that Cookie Clicker is a Skinner box even a little bit. Y yeah, you know exactly what you're getting. Yeah. I mean, there are some randomized elements, but they are they are so rare that... I played a bunch of Cookie Clicker and never saw one of them even once. You know what? I I agree that Cookie I, I played a bunch of Cookie Clicker as well. The golden cookies that pop up on the screen. Yeah. Is this what you're talking about that you never saw? Yeah. yeah. That's that's the Skinner box part yeah. because Oh, okay. If you want to get those cookies, you just have to stare at the screen. Like you and that, that and that game is not fun to just sit there and play. <laughs> That's a game that you want to like leave and come back to. Yeah. But if you want the golden cookies, you you really have to just sit there just in case one comes up, and that's exactly what a Skinner box is. Well, but I guess I don't know. Yeah, you you are right. There are the there are those elements to it, but I don't I don't think of it like that because it is such an ineffective one that well for you it didn't well, work at all. Mathematically, those become the best way to earn cookies. Well, sure, but I, like at no point did it occur to me that it was important to maximize that right i mean I, I i guess i can't just say harvest moon definitely is not like harvest moon is is a fucking video game ass video game it's like it is like a upgrade heavy 
systemic sort of tile-based puzzle game where you're trying to get crops out of a thing and then like a weird boring dating simulator <laughs> that you get to play like one unit of every hour or something like i don't know anything about farming simulator but if it's just like a realism focused farming simulator then that's also not just a waste of time. i mean that like if you're having fun is Euro Truck Simulator just a like? I think a you're just driving a you're truck, driving a semi driving. around Europe, yeah, and you have to obey all the laws and stuff. Huh. That sounds I, hard. I mean, it's no like saying, "Do you see any inherent value in games like Harvest Moon?" Is like saying, "Do you see any inherent value in video games?" And I think in, in like any human activity, yeah, in like <laughs> no, like the answer is either yes Why to everything or no to everything, yeah. right? Like, there's not. I mean, I guess there is a perspective in which there is no inherent value in anything that does not either directly provide you with food or sex, but like, right, which, which gives like, which actually leads to there. You should probably spend a lot of time learning to play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. Winterbase says, in regards to Divinity Original Sin and the Rock, Paper, so uh, Rock, Paper, Shot Jesus Christ, I can't even say Rock, Paper, Scissors anymore. Rock, Paper, Scissors minigame for conversations. I really like it because it gives me a chance to win over a die roll and gives me the impression that I am in control. If it were silent, if it were a silent or even visible die roll, it would just feel like the game decided for me. As it stands, a win against someone with plus nine or whatever feels like a major victory, while a die roll would just feel like a random happening. I also quite like the fact that I do not always get what I want out of a discussion and reloading just to get another result feels wrong. Um... Wow, I mean, I I guess there is a threshold of being able to tolerate tenuous causality that people exist on different sides of. Hmm. But, like, a rock-paper-scissors game is just a die roll. It's just a die roll that takes longer. You can, right? you can skip it, though. Well, no, I know, but, oh, but this person was saying the that human they human activity, rock, paper, scissors. Well, this person is the way that you, you weren't here for this two episodes ago. So I don't know why you wouldn't know this, but the way that conversation, like the way that contested conversation things in Divinity Original Sin works is that you play rock, paper, scissors against the NPC and a victory is worth a number of points based on your skill at reasoning or intimidating or seducing or whatever. And the first person to nine points wins. And, and so, well, this could actually be a game depending on how the AI is written. Like, are they choosing things randomly or if they are choosing things randomly, then it is just a protracted. Yeah. Then it is just a die roll. Protracted but, dry roll. But I mean, I, if I, so rock, paper, scissors does not. And I'm sure that. Some listener who is listening to this on his way back from the Rock, Paper, Scissors Championship, which he thinks he won because he was good at it, isn't just chance, I guess. Have you done any research into the Rock, Paper, Scissors AI scene? I feel like I listened to one radio lab about it that we talked about the last time this came up. Yeah. But... I So, there's actually... I mean, if if you load up the winning AI for for the one of those competitions um and you play it 30 rounds it's going to beat you every time it it 
really those guys um if you are trying to win at rock paper scissors if you're trying to predict your opponent there's a lot of strategy to it and that's like that's the foundation of a lot of multiplayer games these days period like talk talking about like starcraft or street fighter um sure it's just specific sort of triangular arrangements yeah of and there there are there's those are decided partly on execution, but also partly on what do you think the other guy is going to do? And the what do you think the other guy is going to do is really does break down to just it's a rock, paper, scissors decision. What do you think? What would what would this person do in this situation? And you pick the one that beats that. Um, and I, you know, you, you if you want to do this without like bothering to deal with another human being who actually is good at this stuff. I don't personally know anybody who is. Um try the AI and it's a pretty, it's a pretty concrete lesson in how, um, in, in how, um, skill-based it is. Um, that said, I don't think that rock, paper, scissors against an AI is a very satisfying puzzle. Yeah. (laughs) I think like, uh, no, but I mean, this person, this person disagrees and enjoys it, which is, which is why I they're enjoying like the the drama of they the, feel like they have more control over it when they are making decisions and playing that game against the AI and I wonder if that feeling would be there even if the AI like <clears throat> because apparently if the AI was playing skillfully as a rock paper scissors AI it would always win right and it doesn't clearly because that would like people would notice that yeah <laughs> right so I was you know it seemed. I mean, my take on it was if it wasn't doing something, there would be absolutely no point to it. But then I kind of concluded that there was just no point to it as a conversation mini game. And then this was a counterexample to that. Like, oh, I like it as a conversation mini game. So, I mean, that's fine. Then it's there and I'll skip it or whatever. I also kind of don't like. <sighs> I don't like in games with save systems. Uh, outcomes that just have a certain chance of being favorable. Hmm. Right? Like, I don't really like uh, There's a granularity the of, to it that is kind of important. Like, I don't like the element of XCOM that you have a 25... I'm Actually, I don't mind it in XCOM because of the way that they fuck the save system and, and the, because of the way that they, like... Yeah, they designed the, around it. Well, they... they, they, they the, their RNG is determined... Is like, deterministic right in a given level so you can't scum it whereas like in fallout 3 like there are things where you have a 10 percent chance of getting what you want on this one conversation option and so you just fucking save and load until yeah, you get I've it done that as I've done that. it's to, not fun and it sucks and it sucks but you're you feel like an idiot if you don't do it yeah right you're like yeah. oh i'm just role-playing a guy who is shitty at this game i saw like, a video of um a nethack speed run and the speedrun started by the guy finding a wand of wishing in the second room. And you know this guy just played 10,000 games of NetHack mm. to get the wand of wishing in the second room have, have you to seen, even make an attempt. Have yeah. you have you seen the uh, the NES version of Clue speedrun? No. That, that's like two seconds long. <laughs> Be- be- oh, just, just because make they a play- guess. Just yeah, make yeah. a guess. They played a million right. games uh. and just immediately guessed the the first <laughs> object, person, and and room in each menu, <laughs> and just That's played until it worked. 
That's the worst speed run. I mean, it seems like you could probably write a script for an emulator to just do that's, that over and over t- again. That's good. They call that tool assisted run. Yeah, do they? Is that what that means? Yes. <laughs> so you just. <laughs> that's literally what, what tool assisted run means. You're writing a script. Changling Bob writes, hi all, please set up a Patreon. I have that weird cost benefit thing where because I don't really play KOL, buying a thing in there is lower perceptive value than giving you guys $10 a month for nothing. (laughs) Brains are weird. (laughs) All right. We should do a video games hot dog Patreon. I just need to hand it over to you, Kevin, so that you are a guy who will write a paragraph about this podcast. I am. And I am fucking not a guy that would do that. Like, oh man, I have to imply that something I've done is good. Are you I don't to, know that I will use the word good. Sure. <laughs> Are you supposed to you make a video yeah, for Yeah, they really want you to. Um, and I just don't know. I don't know what I would do with that. You just... just I mean, honestly, they're asking you, you to do it. Just say, like, yeah, you wanted like us, us to set this up, so here it is. Or just put our faces yeah. on hot dogs. We could just... <laughs> We could print out small stickers of our faces and stick them on the ends of our dicks and then wave our dicks around in front of a camera. Huh. No. No, separately. I'm not talking about, like, the same camera. Well, it could Still be the like same camera, but at different screen. times. <laughs> I don't think I would even want to use the same camera at a different time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, hmm. Do you remember the shot in, what was it? The rules of attraction, where there are two of the characters that you're seeing them in split screen going through their daily routine, and it, this is like a three minute long shot, and it ends with them facing each other, and then the cameras both pull back and the the shots merge. Hmm. I'm just imagining that with the uh, <laughs> faces on the, the ends of the faces dicks. on dicks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Uh, X420, XXX69, XXX, Hinchman Bob, XXX69, XX You have the best users. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Zach, you've come out in the past as being staunchly anti-piracy. How do you feel about games that never come over from Japan but are heavily story-based? For example, Final Fantasy Type-0 is considered by many to be the strongest game in the entire PSP library, but Square Enix never localized it for English-speaking markets, to the disappointment of many. Fans got together and created an impressive fan translation that, of course, is totally illegal. See also Mother 3. I've heard you express the opinion before that if you can't get something for some reason, be it money, laziness, whatever, you should just have to live with being unable to have that thing. But what about this situation? Should everybody who wants to experience this game be forced to learn Japanese? When do you feel exceptions apply, if at all? I mean, I don't like downloading a Nintendo ROM, but if I want to play a Nintendo game, that's really the only way that I can do it. And so I'll do it. You can wait for them. I, there are people who will make the argument that you should wait for them to sell it to you on an eShop. It, it is Nintendo's right to never sell that to you and just fuck you. Because it, it they own is. the copyright. It, I mean, I think and it is, honestly, wank but, over property rights for the rest of your life. I, I mean, so my the way that I justify that is because I could track down a used copy and get a hold of it, and then I would feel right with Jesus for playing it. <laughs> and none of that money got to anyone who has a goddamn yep. thing to do yeah. with anything. Yep. Yeah. And so that's why I don't feel like it is like if the only way to get something is by buying it used then I am way more okay with piracy than if I could actually pay the person that owned it for the right to use it. Fan translations are a weird thing. I mean, like, I feel like the right thing to do if they're selling that game somewhere that you could buy it is buy the, buy the copy of it in the original language. 
and then download the fan translation and you're fucking fine. Like, that's obviously a morally neutral act in my mind. I, obviously, but, but I agree, but it's also illegal. It's also like... And right, but I've never said I've never said that piracy is wrong because it's against the law. And okay. I never would say that. Like, I straight up do not believe that there is a, like, a prima facie obligation to obey the law. Like... It, I think I tend to default to that in the absence of having a... An extenuating a, circumstance. Yeah. I mean, I will always obey the spirit. Of a law, generally, if I agree with it. Well, right. right. That's, that's, you, meaning you'll just do what you do. It feels right. No, I mean, I'm saying that like the laws against speeding are there to make it so people drive more safely. And if me exceeding the speed limit is gas, actually, well, I don't think that that's really true. Look at when the speed limits were put into place. I mean, right now, most of the speeding laws are in place to act as fundraisers for municipalities that don't have a lot of taxpayers in them. Right. I mean, it's just because we've decided that police departments are going to just be funded via the fines that they levy against people for petty infractions. Yeah, it's like uh, tipping. It's like that's just how things work. But like, I don't think that speeding is immoral. I think that driving dangerously is immoral and drive. You can drive dangerously under the speed limit. Right. Like it, it's just it's one of those things where like you have to write a law. A law has to exist in, as a sentence that you can say to somebody. But like, I mean, I don't think that there's anything wrong with jaywalking unless it's like in traffic where people are going to have to slam on the brakes and fucking crash into other cars to avoid hitting you. But like, so that's the thing. Like, yes, it is technically illegal to play a ROM of a game that you own. But like, I would never suggest that you shouldn't do that. I would, however, say that like it is fucking wrong to like just BitTorrent an HBO show because you don't want to pay for cable. Like the the, the that argument is a place that, like, where they are they are literally offering it to you to a place. There is a place that you can go and buy it, but mm-hmm. you are just choosing not yeah. to. Yeah, right, right. And Whereas, I think that's fucking unconscionable. I think the HBO example is an interesting one because that you can't just get HBO without actually having cable as well. Um, and I've seen a lot of people complain about HBO just not seeming to want to take their money. But if they, but if HBO could make money by giving those people what they want, HBO would do that. They just have exclusive deals with yeah, cable companies. like the like give, given enough years where those contracts expire i think it's i think it's gonna be an interesting time to see what happens like Mm -hmm. i refuse to believe that hbo is shrewd enough to know how to find and produce like the best television that ever gets made but they're so dumb that they don't understand what joe 4chan is 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 spelling out for them like man if you just let me buy one of your shows for 45 cents i'd fucking buy it but no you're like all entrenched in the old way of doing business because you're stupid and you don't know what's going on like both of those things aren't true of the same guy i actually don't know if i would those are two very different skill sets so i i can believe they would exist in the same person but but it's not i, I mean I t- it's not i tend one to agree person, right? I, mean, I mean it's I, like but on the other hand like does it really matter it's still we're de- we're 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 talking about the spectrum between uh the space where it's 
obviously okay to do something in the space where it's obviously not okay. And then the middle is just kind of inconvenient to do, to not do it. You know? No, because I don't think that inconvenience puts you in the middle. I don't think that inconvenience factors into it at all. Right? Like I want something and the world isn't providing it to me in the way that is as easy as I want it to be. Like, fuck you. That is, that literally means nothing. Like it. <sighs> so, I mean that, but the whole used game versus just downloading a ROM yeah, for that's something that's abandoned, right? Like in your mind, if the money isn't going to the creator, it doesn't matter. But like, that's not how the world necessarily works, right? They're, those products still do exist as they were sold by the creator. So like, I feel, and I don't expect anyone else to believe this, and I would never tell anyone you know what I probably would and there's probably somewhere on the internet where I have that I I would not buy a game used if it was available for sale new in the same place like because I get that a normal person acting in their self-interest says I want Grand Theft Auto 5 and if I go into this store I can either give them $50 and take Grand Theft Auto 5 home or I can give them $40 and take Grand Theft Auto 5 home like, to me, buying it used is morally equivalent to pirating it <laughs> because of the reasons that I think piracy is wrong, not because of the law and not because of anything that I'm, you know. That's interesting. That that definitely, like, puts a different light on on what it means to acquire something once it is no longer for sale. And I think that's why I'm okay with like downloading a Super Nintendo ROM. Like I, the thing is I would I would download a Super Nintendo ROM if we were playing a Super Nintendo game for an assignment and then I would also just buy it on the 3DS eShop even if I was never going to download it or play it on there if it was available for sale. Like if I could pay for it, I feel like I have a responsibility to pay for it if I want to play it. If I can't, then pirating it is not doing any of the harm that leads me to believe that piracy is wrong. Right. And so it's, I'm sort of about the results of the action, you know, which is why I have this indefensible notion that like buying used games is just morally wrong. I can see that for me, because I don't like it's the categorical imperative, right? If I lived in a world where no one was willing to buy new games, there would not be any video games. And so I'm going to do it's the thing that I would be comfortable though, living like, in. Used books and used clothes. Like there's like a weird spectrum of products that we consume. I guess games are a little different in that they can be copied with effectively no resource expenditure. I've also, I also don't really buy used books anymore because I've, recognize the hypocrisy what about like a piece of used well, clothing is that books are a different i mean it's just the availability of books make that makes that a different question because a lot of books are just out of print the, yeah. yeah the older it, ones sure but that's but that's a case where the 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 author is no longer directly selling something so that's more akin to yeah downloading it versus i've always been really uncomfortable with the sort of like upscale used bookstore that is just selling 
copies of books that are available new right next to the used copies and the used copy, they paid somebody 40% of the cover price and they're selling it for 80% of the cover price. Right. I mean, and I get the argument that like, well, there would be no retail if they couldn't do that because you can't make enough money selling books. It's more anymore. Like 10, 10% and 75%. But yeah, because yeah. like they like selling books to bookstores you get almost nothing i'm talking to more of the boutique ones than like a than like a large-scale uh, used bookstore okay like because at a big like traditional used bookstore you're paying like half the cover price for a paperback from 10 years ago or whatever not it's not like the gamestop model where it's like this is exactly the same product right right because this is a this was printed six months ago and it is a trade paperback of a book that is still for sale in this very store, new. You know, I mean... So when you talk about traditional used bookstores, are you talking about things that still exist? They they do. There aren't as many of them as there were when we were kids, but... Yeah, I, I just have not seen one in probably five years, maybe I, longer. I mean, the one that I am the most familiar with is, the, is, a, is a big chain of them in Arizona, which is just gradually having to become a pawn shop in order to stay open. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a nice you know, used bookstore here on main street that I go to once in a while. A very classic musty one, one guy owns it. And as far as I know is the only guy well, that works there. Yeah. That's, place. that's more of the boutique stuff. And you get that around here too. I just can't think of like any large scale operations that you seem to be talking about. Hmm. You 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 don't have like a a, half, a bookman's or a half price books or. I don't necessarily mean like large scale. I just mean like a store that only sells used books. Yeah, like you know the one where the one in the town that I grew up in was tiny. It was a tiny store, but I okay. mean, but it's like when I couldn't afford a lot of books, I was able to read a lot of books by buying a lot of like. Just pulp 60s and 70s sci-fi paperbacks for like a dollar each. Yeah. Whereas I would have been able to read one-eighth as many books as if I had been buying brand new paperback books from yeah. the bookstores the that were that already you, going out of business. That you're paying a fraction of the cover price, and the cover price is like $1960, which is $1.95 or whatever to begin with. <laughs> right. It's How do you feel about libraries? Better. I mean, that's fine. Like, I it's hard for me to apply anything about physical goods to anything about video games when it's a, it's largely a matter of, I mean, that's why it's weird with cartridges, right? Like a Nintendo game is a lot more like a book than it is like a modern video game, mm. right? That's primarily digitally distributed. And so it's, I don't know. I like eBooks. Because every book that I've wanted to read in the last year or two, I have just been able to buy from Amazon as a Kindle book. And it once it's there, it probably never goes out of print, right? And it's just a thing where probably the author got some of that, or at least the person who owns it got some of that. And it's fine. Like, I just, I paid someone for it, and I'm right with Jesus. That's all I care about. <laughs> I've Drop been... some money down the garbage disposal. Yep. Yeah. I've been I've been mainly buying ebooks recently, although when I decided yesterday that I wanted to reread the stand, I realized that I can't imagine 
reading a Stephen King book on my iPad. I feel like the only way to properly read a Stephen King novel is for it to be like an ancient dog-eared, musty, yellowing paperback. Mm. So, See, I think of it. I think of it as just a as just a hardback because that's all, like my dad just bought every like hard post seventies Stephen King book as it came out. So uh, I just have like effectively every Stephen King book in hardcover on nice. my shelf at home. But yeah, no, you're right. That's weird. The idea of reading the stand on my phone seems wrong. Now, the stand, especially because it's so enormous physically. But I'm also never going to, I'm not going to like carry that around with me. Certainly. Yeah. So, and that is the handy thing about reading on your phone is that you read during those times when you would just fuck around and play a dumb video game, right? Like Mm -hmm. instead of just, I like, I feel like I also don't like the sort of clickbait. I am more likely to waste time when I'm sitting in front of a computer by just like reading some bullshit, like just, just going to Reddit, like just the equivalent of watching what's on. Right. Yeah. I don't do that on my phone because it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Like you can't like, you can't use the plugin that you just mouse over a link and it zooms in on the image without you having to like click into another page and wait for data to load over the data network. Like the show is like 900 hours long. <laughs> yeah. It's like three hours. Yeah, it's point. almost three hours. Yeah. Gonna have to, gonna have to edit this down a little bit. I think gentlemen, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, it's a special episode. Special Jim, thanks a lot. feature. Oh yeah, thanks a lot for being on the show. We should yeah. have you on again soon, for sure. Once uh, you know, once uh, once you reveal that Frog Fractions Two has existed since well before Frog Fractions One <laughs> came out, <laughs> been planning this my whole life. Yeah, it's a pretty good racket. What are you doing with the Kickstarter money? Uh, having some for dinner every night, you know. <laughs> Fried dough. Yep. Loaf of bread. It's the good life. D- d- crispy crabs. That's a that, word for money, right? That, I didn't. <laughs> Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail, how would they go about doing that? Uh, they could tweet us at VG Hot Dog. They could email us vghotdog at gmail.com. Or they could uh, go to our web form, which is mostly used by bots uh, on our. Right, it's mostly. It used isn't by mostly bots. used. No, no, it's it's almost never used by bots. Oh, I anymore. thought I thought most of the responses were like weird spam. No, it used to be that, but then we figured out a we figured out a cool way to cool way to stop them. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna say it because they might hear. Okay. Uh, anyway, that is at our website, videogameshotdog.com. So if you're a bot, be sure to use the web form. Yeah. <laughs> Read the whole thing and do everything it says. Uh, guys, I've had a great time recording this episode of the show, and I hope we do it again real soon. Yep, yep. That'd be great. That'd be swell. Good times. And until we do, keep your head in the toilet and keep reaching for the fridge. Have a great week, everybody. Good Bye-bye. night. Bye. <laughs> Tell me about your mother. <laughs>